Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the choir room as we are getting closer and closer to the end of our character study series. We are about to start winding down with the final eight characters. We have some very big characters left to talk about with some big storylines, lots to get into, and we are kicking it off uh, in this home stretch here with Will Schuster? question mark uh as if you know we're all super excited for that but no we're gonna you know kind of continue doing uh a little bit of what we've been doing of saving some of the best for last or uh however you want to put it so will schuster is going to be the one that kicks us off here uh as we are in the home stretch we are going to talk about the ups and the downs and the downs and all the downs uh when it comes to will schuster so excited to do that of course we're going to continue to break these into multiple parts today is part one talking about seasons one and two of will schuster Schuster. Of course, I am not alone. I am your host, Matt, alongside my co-host, Aman Adwin. Aman, how are you? I am Gucci. I want all of you guys to go ahead and send this podcast to Matthew Morrison. Tag him on Twitter. Tag him on Instagram. Uh, email him. Call him. Hack his phone. And let him know that he played the worst. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't whoa, do that. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. See, that's a... Now! No. It's funny you say that because I feel like I've been seeing a lot of people lately like trying to and I think like fair fairly trying to like come to Matthew Morrison's defense of like so he just gets so much hate like besides the fact that like the character is so creepy it's like he's not the character and I don't think Matthew Morrison as a person has ever done anything to like make us hate him by any means like I think he's a perfectly okay guy right like I I don't know anything that's been uh, anti Matthew Morrison but people do tend to like take out their frustration with Will Schuster on him. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, especially when Matthew Morrison, at least at least for me, and I'm, I'm guessing for a lot of other Glee fans, you don't really see him in a lot of other things. And so it's hard for you to see the actor in him, right? You, you just look at him and you see Mr. Shu. It kind of got compounded for me, and I think I've talked about this on the show before, where um, he had a stint on Grey's Anatomy where he played an abusive ex-husband. And he also like he tried to like literally come into the hospital where one of the where one of his or what his ex wife was working as a surgeon and tried to like beat her ass there too. So it's like oh my god, wow. like Matthew, like why do you keep taking these? I mean, granted, you know, He's got the emotion. A, a, someone who's has you know a domestic abuser is on a whole other playing field than yeah, but you don't Will Schuster. You don't want to be that guy that but, gets cast in roles because they are good at playing that person. <laughs> you don't want to be that person, right? Right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've, it was, yeah, Matthew, I just, I associate him with bad things. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hate that, uh, for him because I think he's a perfectly fine person. He doesn't seem to have ever done anything, uh, like wrong as far as like the general sense of that goes. Um, he obviously is a man that comes from Broadway. That's how they ended up finding him for Glee, casting him as one of the leads of the show, you know, alongside Leah Michelle. And then, you know, everybody else kind of fell into place there. So, uh, we talked about a lot through season one 
one and a little bit in season two about how they really spent a lot of season one highlighting Matthew Morrison as a performer. And that's not going to completely disappear over time, but it's definitely going to lessen as the kids end up being the star of the show and it ends up being, you know, the Glee Club. Plus, also, Will is there with, you know, this guy that can perform. We'll get into all of it with his story and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, Matthew Morrison, I definitely... I, I, I don't dislike him at all. I don't, is, is I guess what I'm trying to say. I think he's uh, pretty cool. I think, you know, following him on social media, um, I like, you know, he's got uh, a bunch of pictures of his wife and his kid, uh, you know, which are not Emma Pillsbury. Uh, and uh, I don't know, he seems to have a good relationship with the rest of the cast members and whatnot. So uh, he was just the Grinch still, you know, getting some jobs here and there doing some other random acting. But uh, unfortunately, we're not here to talk about Matthew himself. We're here to talk about Will Schuster, who I cannot say as many good things about. Yeah, uh, Will Schuster. I mean, who who is the guy? He we meet him in season one. He's probably more of a star in season one than the kids are, and then that sort of begins to fade as the series goes on. And pretty much after season three, he really takes a back seat to the rest of the kids. But yeah, he is. The Spanish teacher at McKinley High, we're going to find out that he really doesn't even speak a lick of Spanish. He ultimately got the job because it was the only position available. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has never left Lima, it seems. He was himself a student at McKinley High School back in the 70s or 80s or whenever. Um, So he's been around for quite some time. He also was in the Glee Club when Lillian Adler was the Glee Club director. Uh, and he has a dream of bringing it back. He misses the camaraderie, he misses performing, he misses the music, and he wants an entirely new generation of kids to get the the same experience that he got, which is why this show has its beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's Will. I mean, he... uh, he is a. Uh, I mean, what's one word to describe Will Schuster? <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> how nice are we trying to be or, or not? Uh, uh, creepy, uh, um, weepy. Um, you know, man child is, if that's one word, you know, it's a compound word uh, or whatever. So I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't have them Stunted. At the ready right now. I pulled up like three different articles about like. Uh, why Will Schuster is the creepiest. And it's like nothing Nothing in the articles really stood out of like things that we weren't already going to talk about. So maybe I'll swing back around to those in like part three if there's less to talk about there. But yeah, um, this guy is, you know, like like you mentioned, he was in his glee club in high school and obviously enjoyed performing. Like the thrill of being in that club, winning their nationals performance back in what, like 93, I think it was. Uh, it, it was like the highest point in his life. And since then, you know, we see early on in the season that he is now married. Uh, his high school sweetheart, Terry Schuster, or Terry Delmonico, becomes Terry Schuster. Um, seems to be living, seems to be living kind of happily with her, but we'll get into all of that. And just, you know, his dream would have been to go on just in the same way that like Rachel's was or Mercedes or anybody else uh, to go on and have a career performing, acting, singing, dancing. But it seems like that never ended up happening. So he ended up, you know, aiming to become a teacher. Like you mentioned, he ended up taking the Spanish teacher spot because it was the only spot available. More on that in season three. And as we are going to, you know, get into things over time, it's like this guy lives a pretty sad life and he gets in his own way more than anybody else ever could. Like, 
he is it's he's such an interesting character because they do write him so you know they write him as such a mentor to these kids as such a friend to these kids and like yeah the running joke that we'll hit on many times over the next three podcasts here uh he has no real friends uh, at least that are his age everybody that he's friends with is all one of his students and they become his closest friends in life uh besides like the one other person in the school who actively like hates him most of the time and they are, are always fighting he has such a weird life um but then it's also following him the story of like fo- him finding the love of his life and starting a family with that person and just you know the downfall of his previous marriage it's like there's so much happening and by no means is the story of will schuster the one that sticks out from glee where that's like what you think back on fondly uh it's just something else that happened you know while you were watching glee and it's like you know will and emma are they the star are they the couple that you were rooting for all the way through and you are the most invested in them no i mean they're there but you know, it's all about the kids, but meanwhile, you're still following, you know, Mr. Shu and you're making, you're watching him make a lot of questionable decisions. And, you know, also then every once in a while hearing from the kids about how special he is to them. So there's just so much to get into with this guy. It's really, he's all over the place. Yeah. Um, he is, he just doesn't have a lot of worldly experience, right? And I don't know how much of that is his fault. I don't think that he necessarily grew up with a lot of money. I think that's apparent considering you know, how he, how that's sort of like an issue when it comes to his marriage with Terry. But I think that he's just never really experienced a lot of life outside of Lima. I mean, he married his high school sweetheart. And sometimes that kind of thing works out for the best. There are people that find their their significant other in high school and then it ends up being the love of their life and they stay together forever, have kids, whatever. Um, but sometimes you get in, you get in good with somebody younger than you should and then it becomes toxic and then because it's the only thing that you've ever known it's hard to escape and before you know it you are miserable and sick mm-hmm. and i think that's exactly what happened here on top of the fact that i mean i'm i feel like terry i mean we don't talk i mean we did talk about terry but i don't know what terry was like in high school i don't think that she was always like how we meet her with will in season one I think that there are lines from time to time where they talk about how, you know, it just keeps getting worse and worse with her. So probably in high school, she was, you know, I mean, she said that she was a straight A student and popular and lovely and beautiful and everybody loved her. Kind of like the Quinn Fabray of her day. And then all of a sudden, when her and Will got married, it turned into like this really nasty, toxic relationship that will didn't even seem to know that there was ever anything really wrong with i mean throughout the first half of the season he just repeatedly tries to uh you know talk to her about the things that he's excited about like when he wants to get the glee club started again because sandy ryerson is touching the kids inappropriately and gets fired he's all like oh my god terry like the glee club i i'm 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 picking it back up again we're gonna you know i'm I'm really, really excited about this. I haven't been this excited in a while. And Terry is like, um, no, you need to be focused on getting another job or getting a better position so that we can make some money for the sunroof and this baby. That's what yeah. you should be worrying about. Yeah, we do, we gave Terry her own podcast, right? Uh, one of the earlier ones that we actually uh-huh. did with this, talking a lot about Terry and uh, you know her individually, which I think was worthwhile for sure, uh, because they did have uh, Jessalyn Gilsig, you know, cast as a main character, uh, even though she was only going to be around for one full season and then you know a little bit extra after that. But uh, the dynamic between the two of them is one of you know before we ever get to Will and Emma, we're following Will and Terry, and of course that all kind of leads us into Will and Emma, it, like leads him mm-hmm. right into her arms. But the dynamic between them 
background kind of tells a lot of the story of who Will is to this point in his life and what's been going on and how much he is like so blind to like it, it's 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 a glaring example of how he's so blind to what's happening in his home life and then you know the same exact energy that he's going to bring to the Glee Club of being blind to a million different things that go on within the club over time the fact that you know he pays so much attention to this one thing which I mean you could often say is Rachel like the star of his club or Finn the one that becomes his best friend and neglects all of the other Glee kids over time that Santana comes after him in mm-hmm. season three uh, Mercedes comes after him in season three season two Tina is going to come after him every once in a while like why aren't you paying me any attention so it's just you know he's very neglectful only cares about certain things uh, he, he just kind of picks and chooses whatever he wants to focus on and whatever he wants to brush over that's something that is going to be maintained all throughout the show so like he'll decide this is what the lesson of the week is this is what I'm worried about this week we're twerking we're twerking we're twerking and then everyone's like but wait like there's something actually important happening here and he's like no no what I say goes and then by the end of the episode hands on your knees and shake your ass twerk bitch twerk twerk, by the end of the episode he like somehow you know magically comes around to being like you know what you guys were right and like the kids get a chance to be the hero of the episode which ends up painting him in a in a bad light but it's because he sucks for the majority of the time so you know no skirting around that that like as many you know there's a couple of times in here where we can't ignore the fact that the kids are you know so appreciative of him or whatever but the majority of the time this guy kind of sucks he just is using the glee club as an opportunity to relive his glory days to you know he's always got to help somebody he's always got to be there to save the day for whoever it is it's just like something within himself that always needs to be that person uh but he can't even help himself half the time so it's just like once we get to the end and you know just to cut ahead with all the spoilers of it all the fact that this man is the one who ends up becoming the principal of the school and the one that you know he saved the arts into across america he he's the hero it's like yeah sure like that's the one thing that he always pushed for he's always wanted to help save the arts from day one all the way to the end of the show but like was it was it the right journey to get there along the way? Uh, no, lots of lots of bad decisions were made in the process. Uh, nobody's perfect, but uh, that's a different story, uh, you know, compared to the Will Schuster story. So. I guess we can just get right on into it uh, if we haven't already. And uh, we're going to talk through seasons one and two today. As you mentioned, Amon, uh, season one in the pilot and in the 2009 episode in season six, we're going to get an idea of who Will is, how he ended up here and how he's trying to get this Glee Club off the ground. Yeah, I mean, so he uh, we, we 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 get introduced to him in the, in the pilot. He drives a pretty shitty car, but he seems other than that, he seems pretty generally happy. He's going to be made even more happy and inspired once Sandy Ryerson gets snitched on by Rachel to need someone to take over the Glee Club. He gladly volunteers his time. Um, the principal isn't very supportive. Figgins says, like, look, I mean, you can, but y'all need to actually do something and win because we can't really give you any money right now. If you prove yourselves as, you know, a viable club in the school, then maybe we can get you some funding or else we're going to have to ask the Glee Club because we need we need the space for other things to make us money. Um, and he's like, yeah, you know what? I got it. But he has a problem with membership. Not a lot of kids want to sign up because it's there's a hierarchy in the school and Glee Club is at the bottom of it. Um, Rachel is really excited. She, of course, auditions. She gets slushied for it. Uh, Kurt, really excited. He, of course, auditions. Is ultimately going to get slushied for it. The same thing with Mercedes, Tina, Artie. They all audition, but he still needs a proper male lead, quote unquote, because one is in a wheelchair and can't really do a lot of moving, moving, and the other is a little bit too, uh, too gay to function. So he wants someone else, 
And so he decides to plant some weed in Finn's locker and blackmail him into joining the Glee Club. Um, and of course, Finn's dumbass falls for it, thinking, oh my God, I don't know, I don't have a choice. It's not my weed, but okay. And um, that's after Will, of course, stalks him in the shower and hears him singing. So yeah, he gets this Glee Club together, this little bunch of misfits. All the while, uh, his wife, Terry, announces that she is pregnant. Um, and she immediately wants him to focus on that, focus on her, focus on getting a better job. Because being a Glee Club director, being a, a high school Spanish teacher isn't going to make them the money that she wants. So she is trying to push him to become an accountant. And then all the while, while this is all happening, Emma, who has a crush on him, is, you know, being that little voice in his ear of support. Very happy for him that he started the Glee Club. Very happy to take the uh, kids over to Carmel High to, see, to scope out the competition to see how, um, what they're getting themselves into as a Glee Club. And even at the very end of the episode, when Will is thinking that, yeah, you know what, Terry, you might be right. I might have to go ahead and leave and focus on becoming an accountant. She is the one to remind him of why he wanted to do this in the first place. Mm -hmm. You loved Glee Club as a kid. It made you feel something special. You loved performing. And now you want to share that with these kids. Why would you leave them for that? Simply because of a baby and money, which I think are, you know, pretty big reasons. But, you know, Emma had her own reasons for doing what she was doing. Um, and, yeah, he she shows him this video of him performing. It does the trick. And then not only that, he goes and as he's about to leave, he hears the kids singing their famous song, their debut single, Don't Stop Believing," And it does the trick. And he is going to be here for the long haul. Yeah, so they're really setting him up right off the bat, you know, as we've said, as like the main character of the show, if not, you know, secondary to Rachel here. Um, but it, I don't know, I would essentially say that like you come out of the pilot, it's like the story is about Will because he's the one who gets the Glee Club mm -hmm. off the ground. It's his story following him back to his home life with Terry and, you know, seeing already that there's a romantic interest with somebody else or like the, the connection with Emma is shown right off the bat. So we get a lot right like, right away here, setting setting him up with both of the two main characters as far as the Glee kids go with Rachel um, and with Finn. So, yeah, I mean, we, we it doesn't take long to uh, see that this guy is going to be uh, quite a lot to handle as he's already, you know, planting the weed in Finn's locker, uh, you know. Know, it's the kind of thing that you were watching in the pilot like wow okay that's what's happening here so there's that um, and then we get to you know kind of know him a little bit more in the 2009 episode it's like uh, showing us more about Will and Terry's life back at home. You know, Terry is working at Sheets and Things, but she barely works. So she's always home doing her crafts. And as Will mm -hmm. starts to develop this love for the Glee Club, he starts to bring it home with him. So he's like sorting through sheet music at home, kind of running ideas by Terry. And Terry's like, I don't want anything to do with this. I don't want you to have anything to do with this. I want you to focus on me. All of your attention should be on me. And it's like, you know, yeah, we talked about uh, more with Terry, but like, you know, this, this just seems to be uh, something that like she has known for all of these years that that was his passion, that he was, you know, wanting to be a performer, wanting to be involved in the arts. But I think she always thought that she like successfully evaded it actually becoming a reality for him. And he was able to just do a boring teacher job and, you know, spend all of his, his time with her. But now that this idea is back and she knows how passionate it is f that he is about it, it's like he's never been this passionate about me. I mean, yeah, we were married. Yeah, we, we have like a decent life here. But like the the way that his eyes light up about everything related to the Glee Club, like that scares her. So, you know, it doesn't take long for her insecurities to come out about the fact that she's not getting of his, any of his attention. He's trying to, you know, calm her down and be like, you have nothing to worry about. Like, I'm very happy. You know, they're uh, going to, uh, you know, the fact that Terry announces that she's pregnant and whatever. So like they have a family that's about to, uh, you know, begin here. But 
she sees where this is about to all go wrong and she's not wrong. I mean, I mean, is it her fault? Well, whatever we we can talk about it, but um, we also are going to set up the will and Sue friendship slash rivalry here because it does seem like it starts off as friends. Apparently they meet in the gym every week for a one-on-one basketball game. Um, and Sue of course is not going to be the happiest to learn about the Glee club. So she confronts Will. She's like, so what's going on here with this little club you got uh, going on? Like, you know, actually you're trying to do this. And Will's like, yeah, no, I, I want to, you know, get the Glee club started again. She's like, but why? Like these kids aren't going to be famous. You're just going to be letting them all down. And but why? <laughs> and and Will senses that, okay, uh, she is going to give me a hard time about this. So uh, by the time the conversation ends and she's like, you don't want to make an enemy out of me, Will Schuster. And he like drops the basketball, throws it down. And he's like, I'm doing what I'm doing. If it means I'm not going to be friends with you anymore and play basketball games together, then that's the end. It is what it is. Uh, obviously beginning the epic rivalry between them. And uh, later on, she's even going to come to him with like a whole bunch of accounting things uh, like folders and, and everything that he would ever need for his accounting fantasy life uh, as she expects that he is now leaving the school because of what happened with Terry and him deciding he needs a new job. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, he does not end up going anywhere. He's going to stick around with the Glee Club and uh, that's it. So we're going to go forward into the season now. He and Terry are expecting. Uh, he is got the Glee Club ready to go. He's got Sue, who is now not a fan of him. He's got Figgins on his back for the budget of it all. Uh, he's got a lot on his plate as he and he's managing all these kids, uh, you know, the six of them that are in the club. Plus, now he still has to find six more to create a team that's ready for sectionals. Uh, definitely has a lot to handle early on here. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, is under a lot of pressure uh, from both ends, right? I mean, his his I mean, he's not really getting a lot of support from his coworkers because the principal doesn't really give a damn. Sue, of course, is going to be an adversary for him. And then when he comes home, Terry is like, "Bitch, what are you doing? You need to quit right now." And then when he's even at the Glee Club, he's got somebody like Rachel, like, "I want to be the star. I need to have this solo. I, we can't do sit down and you're rocking the belt. Fuck Artie. He's in a wheelchair. Yada 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 yada. Like." It's just, are you, like, I'm like, are you sure you want to do this? Because this just seems like nothing but trouble has happened since you yep. tried to start the Glee Club. And then it happens for three years. Like, it, maybe Terry was right. Like, I don't know if this is the, the thing that you should be putting all your time in. But he loves it. He loves it. This is what he was meant to do. So he's going to persist. Um, and as time goes on, I mean, we move into, into acapellas. Um, Terry, is, Terry does tell him that she's pregnant. Uh, or Will informs his parents that uh, that she is pregnant, and he's going to sort of like freak out about that. He does like have a moment of lucidity where he's like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, I do have a baby coming. I'm kind of worried about fathering." He talks to his dad about it. His dad offers him any kind of advice that he can. Um, and in all of his anxiety and worry, this idea of starting a male acapella group uh, sprouts up somewhere. I don't know why. I don't know why he decided to do this. It was the most cringeworthy thing he's probably done to date on the show. And that was just episode <laughs> two um, or three or whatever. Um, and so he's like going around Lima performing with Ken Tanaka, Henry and Howard. We never see Henry again, do we? Um, no, he lost a finger. He quit the group and he was out. He's out. Him and Brenda Castle off in the land of misfit teachers. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, happy. he's like, you know, doing his like little solo artist thing where he's leaving the Glee Club and the kids are like concerned that, oh my God, like, were we being too mean to Mr. Schuster? Maybe he's never going to come back. But he ultimately at the end of the episode, it's like, you know what? Like I, it was fun performing with these guys, but I need to refocus myself and, uh, put my time and energy back into the Glee Club. Cause that's what truly makes me happy right now is helping you kids 
Yeah, so. once once he had the thought of, you know, uh, being back in this world of the arts and performing and all that kind of stuff, that's where the acapella group just just came about, like all of them sitting in the in the uh, teacher's lounge that day, and they just started singing together. And he's like, oh, my God, we have something here. We could all be in an acapella group. And then, you know, just being more of his insane self, ending up recruiting Finn and Puck for I want to sex you up, like at a, at a school performance, like, you know, oh, my God. So um good. But yeah, it's just it clicks with him again here that there's like an opportunity for him to go back to performing. Like, why why should I settle for just recreating the Glee Club if I could go back to like I'm I'm rediscovering my love for all of this? Why don't I just try to do it again myself? It luckily only takes one episode for him to realize that's not what's happening here. That's not you know the best idea. This group isn't very reliable, and you know he had a good thing going with the Glee Club. Uh, he does kind of cause yeah some some rifts here, some damage uh, between not just the whole club, you know the club as a whole, him and Rachel specifically or just not seeing eye to eye like she's the one who like leads the charge for the choreography uh, to, to get a new choreographer because they're like well your choreography sucks and they end up hiring Dakota Stanley which does not work out but um, I mean even going into the next episode he's going to kind of continue pissing Rachel off because as much as you know she knows and we know that she's the you know quote unquote star of this club he gives the solo for tonight to Tina and she's just you know the, the relationship between the two of them here early on it's not very good. As much as he connects with Finn from the jump of being like, uh, you know, besides the whole the weed in the locker of it all, like it, you can see the connection between the two of them almost as much as you can see the connection between uh, f- between Will and Emma, where you see that like these like Finn does. We know or we learn over time or no, we, we learn in the pilot that Finn uh, does not have a dad around his dad passed away years ago um, and Will kind of serves as that mentor slash dad role over the years but it's it's you know the the signs of that are shown early on but as far as Rachel goes it's just they're they're clashing they're not agreeing on a lot of things even though he is you know offering her the solo here and there for the right off the bat but still not is uh, never going to be enough um, so with Rachel off you know running into the arms of his Sandy Ryerson he's got to find himself you know another Glee Club member a new star and he has ends up getting random inspiration from a for- former student of his, his uh, being at the diner. And uh, we go through a whole episode just to get Kristen Chenoweth on the show, of course, which nobody's complaining about where he's going to end up finding April Rhodes, uh, you know, going through all of the lies that she tells him and uh, recruiting her to join the Glee Club for just a brief bit of time. But um, just another one of his awful ideas that, of course, is not going to work out. But hey, we had a good time with uh, with April Rhodes there. So who's to complain? That's what I long to be. All the odds are there in my favor. Something's bound to begin. I just hit my mic. <laughs> I hope that that song gets a boost when we get back to Rachel because that not being in the top 10 kind of hurts my heart because that's definitely a top 10 Glee song to me. It just. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> don't hmm me like that. I don't know. I don't um, know. I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen Chenna with the the era of April Rhodes in season one is is quite good. Um. It's just another bad idea of Will's though. Like this. I mean, he he claims that this is all about the kids, and I think that he truly believes that he wants to help the kids. But I think that he gets personally wrapped up in it as well. And I think what we see throughout his time with the Glee Club is that he will he personally injects himself. He's kind of like Rachel in some ways. Like, I feel like him and Rachel are two sides of the same coin, whereas Rachel's yeah. a little bit, you know, she's younger, so she's got a little bit more feistiness with her, and she's 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 less mature, so she doesn't really know how to go about, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, not testifying for herself. Like, fighting for herself. Like, sure. standing up for herself and what she wants. Um, 
in a mature manner. And I think that Mr. Shu does the same thing in that he will personally involve himself with the Glee Club and go so far as to bring someone back from his era and place them there because he knows that he can't really be there. But this goddess of his time would certainly do well. And it's like, well, this woman is, I'm assuming, around the same age that you are, maybe a little older, so 30s, maybe early 40s. She does not need to be performing with a bunch of 16-year-olds. It just does not need to happen. But, of course, he does it anyway. But April is the one that sort of is like, you know what, Well, Like, I'm still in their sunshine. I got to go. So she's up out of here. Um, it's like usually when, when you're younger, you go to, like, your teachers, your your mentors, your, your parents, whoever it may be, and you're the one who has stupid ideas, and you tell them about, like, the thing that you're planning on doing or thinking or saying or singing and whatever it is. And they tell you like, Oh, maybe you should like reconsider that. But like, Will is the adult here and he never has, you know, it's uh, why would the adult have to go to somebody else to run by all of his plans? And of course he's not going to go to Terry for this kind of stuff. So we're like two episodes or, or five episodes into this point, Um, And we're already seeing like how many times already has he had a very dumb idea. It's not just like, Oh, that's kind of silly. It's like, what made you think this was a good idea that like you already just got your Glee club off the ground and like agreed to like by Figgins to let you even have it. And now you want to go recruit April Rhodes to come join it. And and yes, I get it. We're, mm-hmm. we're doing this for the, for the, for getting the guest star here, but like, uh, just, I don't know the way that it's all written here of like this being Will's idea. Like, sorry, dude, if, if this is uh if this was your idea to go get her and bring her back and she's obviously like a liar, she's uh, drinking, uh, you know, up a storm from the second you meet her. And you think that this is a person to bring around the kids after like Emma comes running to him saying like, yeah, she's not a very good influence. You probably shouldn't keep her around. And it's like, now you're only realizing it now? Okay. Well, just shows, you know, how competent this guy is. Uh, You know, our future teacher of the year winner. Um, But yeah, luckily, after all that is done... Luckily, after all that's done, though, Figgins is going to, you know, in one of his very brief moments of realizing something needs to be done here, is going to throw Sue into the mix and say that Sue is going to join the Glee Club as a co-director or whatever. So, uh, you know, needs a little bit more Sue provision uh, to add to the group there. So, uh, you know, if Will wasn't doing a good enough job with the Glee Club to this point, he wasn't. And now the Cheerios, by the way, of course, also have joined the the team, the football players as well. So we're getting up there in the numbers. Sue is going to join. The two of them cannot agree on anything when it comes to making decisions about the Glee Club. So, you know, Sue's going to end up, uh, Sue's going to end up, you know, in, in the first of, or not, maybe not the first, but in, you know, one of her many times that she's going to do her best to take down Will, to destroy the Glee Club, however she can from within, from outside of it, you know, getting the Cheerios involved uh, to do all of her dirty work. So here she has Quinn come to her, uh, to her and tell her about how the minorities, you know, feel like their voices aren't being heard. So Sue's like, perfect. Now that I'm there, I'm going to uh, to extract the minorities and we're going to give them a fun assignment, some fun songs and make sure they all see how racist and sexist Will is, um, which ends up like, you know, that, that episode's a whole mess there. Um, and the two of them like fighting in the auditorium and then like the whole like the, the groups are like, OK, this is stupid. Why are we all letting them like fight in front? Like, what are we doing here? Um, and Will ends up like getting back at Sue by failing all the Cheerios to be like, all right, you want to play dirty? I'll play dirty. So, you know, just kind of the beginning of the rivalry between the two of them as it's really starting to ramp up early in season one. And of course, that rivalry is not going to go anywhere. It's going to exist all the way throughout all six seasons of the show. So, you know, the two of them uh, will never let well enough alone. 
And uh, back at home, things aren't, you know, doing too well either. Uh, Will's getting frustrated with Terry because he's barely been sent uh, or not sent. He's barely gone to any of the doctor appointments for their their child, not just hers, their child. Of course, we know by now that the baby that Terry thought she was having was a hysterical pregnancy, uh, not a real child. So she is going to continue to keep up with Will saying that it is real because that's the only way that she thinks that she will keep her husband with her. Uh, If the baby is gone, she thinks that He's going to go soon, too. They go to the ultrasound uh, appointment and they see, oh, we're actually having a girl, not a boy, like Terry had you know, originally told him. Because uh, behind the scenes, Terry's working all this stuff with Quinn and with Kendra to you know, get all of this uh, swapped for the, this baby swap that she's planning here. And uh, I don't know. I mean, as, as much of all of that's happening with Will and Sue, uh, I think Will ends up ending one of those episodes like very emotional. You know, he sees his child on the ultrasound and uh, he's like just so happy. He's like, I think about to cry because he's like, oh, my God. My family's starting like this is so awesome. And you, you want to like sympathize with him for a bit. But uh, yeah, still just a lot happening here. Yeah, a lot, a lot. It just seems like Mr. Shu is like at this point in the season, it seems like he's like in a constant state of like just trying to get to the good part. Let's get to the good part. Get to the good part. Get to the good part. Like let's get to the part where the Glee Club is happy. Where we're winning um, competitions and we are proving ourselves to the rest of the school and we get some funding so that we don't have to struggle as hard. Let's get Sue up out of here because she's obviously trying to, to sabotage us from, from within. Like, like, get her up out of here. And also, let's get. I want to see what's going on with my baby. I want to see what's going on at home. Like, why can't I see um, the ultrasound images? Like, what's going on? He's just, like, not in a good place right now. I think the only really effortless place that he has is Emma, which is really bad because the effortless place really should be at home. Like, you shouldn't have to work so hard to be having fun with your wife. And not to say that marriages don't take work, but, like, I mean, you're having a baby. Like, Mm -hmm. you would think that, well, I mean, at least he he thinks that he is. Um, You would think that this would be a really fun time in your life. But Terry, who doesn't have a choice, well, she does have a choice. She just makes the wrong one. She is stonewalling him at every single turn not letting him touch her. Uh, they're not being intimate because, well, they were at first when before she had to start showing because she was trying her damnedest to get pregnant. So that was a nice little lull period. That was a nice, you know, he was getting some every day. <laughs> so he was happy. But since some time has gone by and she has started to, had to, you know, to fake her shit, they're not being intimate anymore. He doesn't let her touch her. They sleep on opposite sides of the bed with like a pillow barrier. So he's not getting any kind of like release. It's just not a good era. For him and then on top of that shit will decides that he wants to have ballads be um a lesson for the week and so he's not getting anything from his wife that's strike one he is kind of flirting around on the side with emma which is not good that's strike two and then all of a sudden because matt rutherford is sick and they refuse to give the guy any lines they pair him up with rachel well he pairs himself up with rachel and then rachel falls in love with him and starts coming home, doing chores, handing him beers, giving him gifts. So that's strike three. It's just all around. All the women in his life right now are just not. No, no. Yeah. It's just and not good. Just to back it up for a bit, because uh, we're following so many relationships with Will throughout the season. I mean, Will, Will and Terry. Will, and, like, we have uh, Emma and uh, Ken Tanaka are actually a couple that we're going to keep an eye on here because Emma has been, you know, crushing on Will the whole season or the whole time that we've known them so far. There's no secret about that. So she is going to uh, come to Will one day and pretty much announce to him that she is planning on getting engaged to Ken. She's, you know, like, so, you know, there's, 
there's probably like no reason why I should say no to Ken, right? Like she wants to be in a relationship. She wants to be loved. Um, and Will doesn't seem to be an option, even though she would love for him to be the option. So he's like, you know, what is he going to say? No, don't be with Ken because I want to be with you. No, like he's with Terry. He's expecting a child with Terry. There's nothing he can do. So she goes ahead, gets engaged to, to Ken. Uh, they even ask Will for help mashing up the songs, which goes awfully. He sings the thong song and uh, that is not going to mash up with Emma's song choice. So, you know, we realize there pretty quickly that those songs are not going to go together, just like Emma and Ken don't go together. But yeah, so when he starts to uh, to sing that song with Rachel, and things get messy there, because all of a sudden, Rachel, who Rachel and Will have been not on the same page all season, she falls in love with the guy. Why not? So Rachel's going to fall for Mr. Shu, because why not just fall for the teacher there? Uh, Will goes to Emma about all of this, saying that, you know, Susie Pepper is a <laughs> prime example of why this uh, should not be a thing again. He tells her all about what happened there. Uh, and Emma's like, well, why don't you just let Rachel down with the song? You know, just just use you guys all sing to each other just pick a song that will get across the message that this is not a good idea and emma's like uh and i'm sorry will's like yeah sure good idea so emma comes by as well rachel's there he sings don't stand so close to me mashed up with young girl and uh neither of them hear a single word that he has to say because the entire time they're just staring at him uh they're so you know, taken by his his charming looks and his voice and uh, him just dancing around the piano. And after it's done, Rachel's just even more in love with him. Uh, Emma is absolutely no help either because she's also in love with him. So uh, luckily this doesn't last for too long. Like you said, when Rachel's going to come by the house and, you know, grab him a beer and whatnot, eventually he drives her home and he's like, okay, Rachel, this cannot happen. This is not anything and you need to stop. This is so inappropriate. Um, <laughs> I'm not giving him any points for calling that out. That's just the obvious there that this is inappropriate and he's married and Emma and all of it. Um, but yeah, that is definitely something that happens in the early days of Glee. Uh, Matthew Morrison and uh, Leah Michelle also dated, which I always forget about. And every time I get reminded about it, I'm like, damn, really? Okay, so I've never heard She's of that old. being true. I don't think it's untrue. They definitely dated. Like, it's been reported many times. Like, you're not, like, by, like, gossip channels, but, like, you know, reputable sources. Like, it's a thing. Okay, I've never heard validity if it's not that? true, I would love for it. N- I would love for it not to be true. Because... I'm not gonna I don't know how... They, I don't know what the hell he saw. Or maybe she wasn't as bad back then. I don't know. Yep. No Matthew idea. Morrison and Leah Michelle dated. Matt had been a friend of mine for years. And in fact, we'd actually dated back in the day for, for a Broadway beat. I've known Matt for years. She told Hollywood.com via E! News. Okay. Well. He's been a friend of mine cool. from New York. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, definitely, definitely would love to have seen that go the distance. <laughs> ugh. I just, <laughs> ugh, ugh. I mean, how old is he? He's 42, and Leah Michelle is... 34. 34. So, eight years. I mean, eight years. I mean, I mean, well, if this was before Glee, which was six years ago. No, it ended six years ago. So, it started in 2009. If they dated... Hold up. It started in 2009, so... What, so that's, she was 20... Three. So I guess that's not that bad. Uh, and he was close to thirty. He no, he was thirty at that point. Thirty-one. Okay. So, can we can I we mean, move on past this, or whatever. are you still? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on. I just it just always throws before a loop. I'm just like, why? 
And then did Matthew, did Matthew, did Ryan know this? And that's why he created that entire storyline for him falling in love. I just, I don't know. It's just, ugh. Yeah, yeah um, we've spent definitely three more minutes on it than I wish uh, we had. But um, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you you now know more about it. Um, but yeah, so Rachel falls in love with him for an episode. Cool. The point here, I think, that we're really trying to get at is that Emma's still deeply in love with him, and she's still planning on getting married to Kentanaka. We find out in the mattress episode that they're planning to get married the same day as sectionals. So you know that's obviously done on purpose by Kentanaka. But uh, the bigger story of that episode is going to be when Will back at home finds out finally that uh, Terry has the fake pregnancy pads, and he is infuriated. He gets very, very angry. Very mad, understandably for sure, that he gets upset about this, but it still never makes it any more comfortable to watch the scene between Will and Terry there, where you see the look in Will's eyes as he throws the pregnancy pad across the room, breaking things like loudly in her face. Uh, and, you know, obviously this is going to be the uh, the beginning of the end here, if not, well, maybe not the beginning of the end, but like the, the end here as he's going to be like, I loved you and there's nothing that is going to fix what you just did to me. Like, you completely just ruined everything that we had. Why would you do this? And, you know, she's going to go off into her her whole explanation as to why. And, you know, of course, no explanation is going to be good enough, as we see in sectionals in the next episode. She comes back saying, you know, I'm trying to get therapy uh, for, for my problems. I Like, I'm sorry that this happened. I really didn't mean to hurt you. And he just, you know, lays it down here. It's like, there's nothing, nothing that you can say or do here that's going to make this any better. It's the love that I had for you. I will never be able to get that back again after what you just put me through, making me feel like I had a child on the way, making me feel like my family was about to be complete. And then you were lying to me about it. Like, no way, no how. Um, and, you know, again, you can understand where he's coming from for that perspective, but Again, still doesn't make it any easier to watch. So we're going to end up seeing, you know, him and Terry are split. It opens the door for him and Emma to potentially have this relationship start at some point, but it's going to take a while for us to get there with that. Uh, after sectionals, we're going to see that, you know, Will and uh, Will shows up at the wedding for Emma and Ken, but Ken did not show up himself. Yeah. So he he does leave the house that night after Terry, you know, Drops that bomb on him. I think he's is that. That's when he sleeps at the uh, sleeps at the uh, yeah. Thingy, right? all, all the while School here, the we mattress. have uh, the the mattress scandal of it all that ends up getting Will yeah. kicked out of being at sectionals. So he's got chaos happening within the Glee Club and all the chaos happening at home at the same time right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he uh, he uh, he does try to go to the wedding afterwards. Um, Ken obviously has had enough. I don't know why he did this to himself, but I mean that's an entirely different character study. Uh, he decides to not marry Emma because he knows that Emma has been pining after Will, Will, Will for like half the season. Um, and she, Emma is, you know, getting ready to go after she tells him what happened and he tries to stop her and says, like, I just left my wife thinking that this is going to be the moment where they can finally be together. And Emma's like, Will, you just left your wife. We can't do this. And so Emma is just also all out of sorts and she would like to leave because, She's just been through it over the past month and a half. And I mean, granted, she did this to herself. Like, didn't nobody tell you to say yes to Ken? Didn't nobody tell you to flirt with a married man? Like, you did this. Um, But she's just like, she doesn't want to be around the school anymore because she just associates it with so much. Um, And so she is about to leave. So he's all fucked up at home. Now his work wife is trying to divorce him as well. Like, it's just not... (laughs) Oh, Will is in it. He is in the mm-hmm. middle of it. And granted, the Terry thing is not his fault. Like, 
I mean, I still think that he was a bit naive to think that, like, to not think that something was going on. I still think that that scene with him finding the pregnancy pad was, like, a little, like, I wish that there was more because it just, like, I don't know. Like, if he was so dumb enough to believe all the other shit, like, why wasn't he dumb enough to believe that one final lie? Like, why? What was it about that particular night where he was like, lift up your shirt? Yeah. That scene to me always felt a little stunted. Like, I would have preferred if he had, like, I don't know, if a doctor had called and he was like, the doctor was like, I can't do this anymore. You're going to have to tell your husband or I will. And he's like, what is the doctor? Like, something like that had happened, you know? Yeah. Instead of that. But whatever. It was a hard, hard part of the story for him. I can understand, or I can agree with that as well. Like, there definitely could have been a different way to st- to tell that story. But I guess to that point, they had just been using the uh, device of, you know, the the fact that Terry did look pregnant because she had that fake pet pregnancy pad on. So they were just like, oh, Will's going to find it. And now he knows. Um, so that's what happens there. But yeah, and I mean, it's just, like, I said, like we keep saying, like, there's just so much that he's dealing with at this time. He's got everything happening with Terry. He's trying to, uh, to keep a friendship going with Emma, who's obviously heartbroken over him. She's not crying at the wedding because of Kentanaka. She's crying because she still really cares about Will. And, you know, even what she thought she was doing to protect her heart from the Will thing didn't work out Ken leaving her at the at the altar there and now everything falls apart she's embarrassed she wants to quit her job and Will's like I, I Will comes to her at that point he's like I just left my wife like is that anything we could do about that and she's like Will you just left your wife like this is this is not helping nothing is you know gonna save uh whatever's happening here so she ends up packing up getting ready to leave but of course Will you know runs down the hallway stops her gives her a big old kiss to end that first section of the show during my life would suck without you so she ends up staying and you know we're gonna get into the rest of season one but you know uh but all that's happening he's he's dealing with rachel he's dealing with the glee club uh as they prepare for their first ever sectionals he's dealing with figgins because he slept on the mattress he's dealing with sue who leaked the set list uh you know they, they had like a, a brief moment where they almost became friends sue was like trying to maybe make something happen with rod remington her co uh, the co-anchor at the, the news station and uh will ended up like teaching sue how to dance uh so that she could go to that dance thing with him and then after he broke up with her uh rod that is broke up with sue saying that like you know he or he was cheating with uh with the co-host or whatever was happening there uh and then sue decides that she hates will again so that almost became a friendship but then after she leaked the set list it's like okay we're back to square one this is it uh figgins end up ends up suspending sue who is going to tell will like i will be back I, you know i might be going on vacation to my other house or in boca or whatever it is but i'll be back for you and your little club too so yeah everywhere you turn go down to my uh beach house in boca Brown up a bit. (laughs) And then when I come back, it's on and popping, bitch. He's dealing with Finn and Quinn drama because all of that's blowing up within the club right now, right? Like the Finn finding out about Quinn. He's got to like go save, not save Finn, but like he's got to go. He's got to go convince Finn to come back to the club uh, because he was pissed off at Quinn and Puck, uh, and he's got to go be that father figure to him. So it's just a lot coming down on this man's shoulders, and it's like he's not the one prepared to deal with all of it. Like, you need somebody better than Will to do it all, but when they come back to you later on to say, look at what Will has done for all the kids, it's like moments like this that you point to being like, he was dealing with Terry, he was dealing with Emma, with Sue, and he still found a way to get to Finn to say like, you can do this, you can be the leader. So, you know, whatever. But, well, I mean, I swear, if, if, out of all the things that he's done to help the students, I did like this scene the best. I do think that him and Finn's relationship is probably the most realized and 
the most healthy, I would venture to say, out of all the relationships that he has with the students. Because, I mean, it was, well, I guess it's kind of hard to say that after he planted weed on the damn kid. Like, so I guess I take that back. But um, <laughs> No, but it is. It, they, it's still that father-son relationship they're setting up. Yeah, and he had just gone through the same thing with Terry. So he was literally quite prepared to guide um, Finn through what was going on. Even if it was a fake pregnancy, he still, you know, he knew what was going on. Like, you know, he, like, you know, he, you know. Mm-hmm. He's an older guy, could probably help Finn guide him through some of this stuff. And then, of course, what happens to Finn afterwards is essentially the same thing that happened to him. So it's like, um, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a mess. So I, I did enjoy his leadership with Finn there, at least. But it doesn't really have to go anywhere because it's not Finn's baby. It's Pucks. I thought you were talking Pucks about Terry's baby. baby for a second. I was like, what are we doing here? Yeah. No. Same page again. Okay. Um, going into the second part of the season, we get to, uh, see that Will and Emma are going to be together after the break. They can kiss now anytime they want to, you know, Will's like, I could lean over the desk and just kiss you right now if I wanted to. But, uh, we are starting to learn more about Emma here. Her OCD is really, you know, getting in the way of their relationship, uh, uh, to an extent. Um, she's working hard on, you know, making that all better so that, you know, all of this will become easier to her because right now it's not. Um, he's also going to uh, meet up with Shelby Corcoran. And as much as he and Emma have something going on right now, uh, he and Shelby are going to go back to his place and make out because Will can't control himself. So he ends up meeting Shelby, talking all about his messy relationship life and and Shelby realizes, oh, shit, you have a lot on your plate right now. Like, maybe this is not the best place for me to be. Um, but, you know, call me if you ever work all this stuff out and you want to, you know, I don't know, whatever. Um, and with all that happening as well, Terry is also, you know, not gone yet. As much as uh, they they split up for sure, uh, the divorce is not finalized yet. So that's something that needs to happen uh, before that, you know, Will and Emma can continue. Will just hooked up with Shelby, so he has to probably tell Emma about that, but he's not going to yet. Uh, Terry comes by the house and, you know, confronts Emma and the two of them have drama there. So after all that plays out and Emma realizes, you know, he played a song for me that was the song that you guys sang on prom night, blah, 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 blah. Um, she's like, you know what? This isn't the time. You know, we just jumped too, in, too quickly into this. Maybe I need to take a step back. You need to finalize your divorce. I don't think that we should do this. Um, and yeah, that's uh, all going to start playing out there. Sue's also going to get involved meddling, saying that Emma, you know, you have no control over your body. You have no confidence over your body. So she tries to get involved in there. Um, so yeah, that's just uh, the story of Will and Emma throughout this first part of the season. Uh, second. Yeah, first Emma part. has a lot to <laughs> overcome. She has a lot to overcome. She's also a virgin, which, you know, really plays like, which is what, Sue was allowed to, uh, it was a capitalize on, um, and Emma or Will has been trying to be intimate with her for a while now, but she can't go through with it. Um, even though the kids went through with their shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, um, it's right now he's really trying to just learn as much as he can about her and learn that, yeah, she does have OCD. It is, it's an issue, um, that she's going to have to to deal with and he has to be patient if he truly loves her and all that stuff um if we can even really talk about love at this point because i mean they just got together um but yeah so it's um it's a lot of uh getting used to each other and learning how you know what makes each other tick emma goes away for a little bit and then who should come back but one miss april rhodes (laughs) she's like getting her life together or at least trying to um will is gonna say that he is like leasing his apartment um, and if she needs a place to stay for a little bit and test it out, she is more than welcome to stay with him for a couple of nights. Um, you know, April's been pretty lonely, even though she's been trying to get her life back together. And, uh, they do end up sleeping together. They don't do anything. They just 
sleep. <laughs> but of course, this is going to uh, circulate around the school and get back to Emma at some point, which is going to culminate in one of the best speeches ever given on Glee. What does she say? What does she say? I can't remember. I just I'm thinking so hard of what Emma says to Will in that moment, but it's not ringing any bells. You're a slut, Will. You're a slut. You're a slut. You're a slut, and everyone here should know that. <laughs> Getting into the older ladies too, Will. Emma, my husband just died. <laughs> wow, picking a fresh off the rebound now, aren't we? <laughs> not that. Uh, yes, uh, April. You know they don't. They definitely do not sleep together. Like you said, they do sleep, but they do not sleep together, as the expression normally would have you believe. Uh, I mean, luckily, April does kind of save the day a little bit, purchasing the auditorium for the. Uh, the new direction so that Sue can't keep booking it on them. So uh, she comes back to kind of help him out with all that. So we love that. Um, but then, yeah, all of this, like you said, the news spreads and Sue tells Emma about it. And now Emma's going to confront Will and about Shelby and April and everything. And it's like, I thought we were trying to make something happen with us. I thought we were trying to make this work, even though your divorce is happening. Like, I thought we were working on this. And of course, Emma is rightfully upset you about all that. You slept so. with April Rose and you were making out with Shelby. <laughs> So, yeah. She was spilling all the tea in that damn auditorium. This is an episode of Untucked. Like, what the fuck? Right. I mean, and she had every right to because Will is an idiot and decided to let his dick do all the talking uh, or, you know, all the thinking, I should say, uh, for him as he goes forward in the season here. Uh, just not caring about Emma. He's a free man now from Terry and he's just going to, you know, uh, make decisions as he likes to make decisions. So, um we have one brief, like this has nothing to do with anything, but uh, Brian Ryan does stop by at one point. So, of course, just getting NPH on the show. And uh, we, I don't know, I guess it's an opportunity to learn a little bit more about Will's past, his high school rival here, Brian Ryan, who, you know, wanted Terry, but she was the one who got away. And we're going to get this episode where both of them go out for the lead role in a production. And it's like one of many times where it's like, is Will going to leave because he has a new opportunity to perform? Oh, wow. That's not going to feel good in your vocal cords. Um, but yeah, uh, Brian Ryan stops by, ends up, you know, trying to cut the Glee Club and, you know, Will sends him off with the part so that he'll stay quiet. But, you know, that, that happens. Yeah. Um, he, he, it's a, it's a very fleeting story, but we do get to learn a little bit more about him and in the Glee Club and how Brian was the star. He was like the male Rachel and, uh, uh, Mr. Shu was kind of dorky back then. Really, really just, uh, soft spoken and, uh, nerdy. But, you know, had a song in his heart. Yeah. As the uh, school for the choir deaf, the school for the deaf choir, whatever the hell that place <laughs> is called. <laughs> yeah. So Brian Ryan heads out and the Glee Club is not being cut just yet, but they still have to make it through to sectionals and uh, regionals, I should say, and, and get the win there. Um, Will and Terry are continuing on in the process of finalizing the divorce, which she is not happy about. She really wants to save this marriage, but it's obviously not going to happen. Uh, Will and Sue catching up with the two of them. You know, it's just back and forth with them all season. Uh, Will gets tired of Sue's bullying at this point in the season. He tries to seduce her by singing, tell me something good. And. And uh, he asks her on a date, stands her up. It's the funk episode. So Sue goes into her own little deep funk, withdrawing herself from uh, being at the school, from being in this cheerleading competition, locking herself in her room. And Will has to go crawling back to her to apologize, to make sure that all the Cheerios don't lose their minds. Because at the moment they are, Brittany's walking around with her, you know, Cheerios uniform on backwards because uh, Sue is missing and can't keep their heads <laughs> No, they're straight. like... Walking around, crying, not knowing what to do, banging their heads on the lockers. Like, the Cheerios are in a fucking mess right now. It's, it's like 
Sue has done and all then, of this to Will, and Will does one thing to Sue, and the world falls apart. I know, I know. And then she tries to ultimately get back at him and reclaim her power by trying to get him to kiss her after winning the national championship, and then she pulls away just at the last minute. Right. I was like, well, damn, Will, you're just trying to add her to the list of people that uh, for Emma to yell at you about. Like, Sue, of all people? Like, there was no way that you were going to come back from that, so I'm glad that shit didn't happen. One thing that I thought would have been fun for us to do here on this, you know, character study through uh, Will Schuster's story is, like, keep a tally, some kind of tally of, like, Will and Sue, Will and Emma, Will and Rachel, times where they're good and times where they're bad. Times when, like, they are friendship is on versus friendship is off. And then I was, like, looking through all the notes. I was like, you know what? That's probably going to turn this into, like, a math podcast of, like, just <laughs> counting numbers throughout the entire time because it just does go back and forth so much, uh, the the relationship that he has with both of them, with with Emma, who he obviously has feelings for, but things are so flip-floppy in the same way that Finn and Rachel are, and we'll get to them. Um, and then with Sue, it's just, like, they generally go after each other, but sometimes they're friends, sometimes they're not. So, you know, you just have to uh, deal with the ups and downs of Glee. Uh, Sue is going to then get the upper hand yet again because they go over to regionals. Time for the big finale of the season. She is going to be a judge at regionals, which terrifies the kids, terrifies Will. There's no way that Sue Sylvester is going to let us place in first place at regionals and, you know, allow us to go on for another year. It's not happening. It's over. It's, uh, it's done. So they go to regionals, fully prepared, Journey set list is ready to go because Will doesn't do anything besides Journey if he can help it, uh, which we have somehow not yet said in this podcast yet, but there it is. And they lose at regionals. They lose. Figgins has to disband the club. Uh, Emma freaks out because Will seems to just be accepting their fate, but he knows that this is what they agreed to. Uh, and that's it. Uh, Emma is uh, going to to go to Figgins about it. And, you know, nothing can be done here until later on that, you know, flip the switch back put a, a point, put a tally in the nice column uh, when Sue decides that she is going to be, I just guess, I guess just bored next year if she doesn't have a Glee club to be fighting against. So she convinces Figgins to save the club and uh, the Glee club will find out that they do. Yes. Have another year, but uh, you know, still a lot to unpack here. Um, Emma tells Will that she's been seeing her dentist. So we'll get into that in season two, but uh, it doesn't seem like they're ending the season together. But at the very least, they have another year. They got another year. Emma or uh, Sue just, uh, out of the graciousness of her heart, decided, you know what? Give them glee bitches some money. She makes it rain on them real quick and breathes life into the glee club and into season two of the show. A really uh, good season of the show. And and as we, you know, wind that down on season one, uh, we have, you know, that moment there, which is going to kind of come at the end of almost every season of like reminding us of how great Will Schuster is. They sing to Sir with love to him. And, you know, it's uh, I, I, it's always stood out to me as a touching moment. And, you know, as much as I'm going to sit here and rag on Will the rest of the time, uh, it's like one of those moments where they tell you how important he is to them and all of them go through. And it's like it, it's for sure. It's for sure. Like they're talking to Will, thanking him for everything for the year. But it's also just a general thing of them talking about what Glee Club has meant to them. Of course, that is because Will started it, but whatever. Um, all of them going through, like, at the beginning of the year, I was this. I hadn't accepted myself. I was just a closeted diva. I was the meanest bitch in school, or whatever Santana said. Or I hated everybody, I think she actually said. Matt Rutherford gets a line. Matt gets a line. Uh, I, was he was he the closeted dancer? No, that was Mike. What did, what did Matt say? I think he was just another football player that, or yeah. some, some shit like that. At the beginning of the year, Matt was just another football player, and now he's just another football player. Um, 
but <laughs> that's uh, they all get to share, you know, how much this has meant to them over the years. So we see the connection that has been formed between Will and all these kids while all of them are at their lowest right now, thinking that the Glee Club is over. Uh, of course, this is, you know, going to be followed up by them finding out they have another year. But overall, uh, in his first year running the Glee Club, he was unsuccessful in getting the kids, uh, you know, the regionals that they the regionals when they needed. And it's not because of Sue. Sue was the judge there that gave them good marks after all the other judges hated their performance. It was the judges that were deciding, like, you know, essentially, like, the journey set list was shit because, Will, you suck. Um, So, overall, a lot of failures in his first year doing this. He's going to get better over the next two years, eventually get to that Nationals win. But for now, a lot of things to improve on. Yeah, lots of things to improve on. Um, We're going to get a fresh start in the new year. But, I mean, it it is a successful first year, I think. I think, all in all, there was a lot of shit that went down, lots of craziness, but... I think it's a win for Will because he did get out of a toxic marriage. He found someone that really does care for him. They had a bit of a rocky start, so it wasn't as if it was like a smooth transition. Which I don't think that I would. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's very realistic to think that that sort of thing would happen anyway. So I think the fact that him and Emma had some growing to to, to do together was also formative for him. Um, he was able to learn how to be himself alone, which you know that's would explain the whole Shelby and April Rhodes thing. Um, and then he was trying to figure out how to be himself with an entirely new person. So he went through all of that. He started to learn um, how to become a better teacher and a better, uh, you know, good influence in these children's lives. And, you yeah. know, it doesn't always work out for the best, but he did his best. And so I think, you know, all in all, it's a, it's a, it's a positive end for him and he gets to keep his glee club on, on top of all of that so he gets to keep his glee club and before we get too far away from season one uh the only other thing that i have of note here is is uh the relationship that will has with quinn it's uh, as much as you know he and rachel and he and finn are kind of like the, the highlighted relationships between him and glee club kids we also get a lot of uh, will and quinn in this season obviously it's a very quinn heavy season and she's like you know in desperate need of anybody to give her a chance to give her uh not necessarily attention but just to to be there for her and all of her friends are there throughout the time most of the season but there are a couple different times where he treats quinn almost like a daughter she ends up like at his house that at that one point and you know gives him a hug knowing that she's planning on giving the baby to him like uh, he doesn't know what's going on there but she does and you can see how much like she appreciates him as a presence in her life, the fact that they all like the Cheerios are going to end up siding with Will and the Glee, uh, Glee Club for the majority of the time over the Cheerios when it becomes presented as an, uh, you know, you have to pick one kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, when, when the Glist comes out and we find out that Quinn was making that, he comes to her kind of like as a friend to be like, look, I understand you're hurting. You're going through some, some stuff right now. So he lies to Figgins about the fact that, you know, nobody confessed. I don't know who did it. Uh, we're just going to have to, you know, move on from it since it's not even happening anymore. So that's just, you know, another thing that I wanted to highlight since that does uh, play a big factor into the season. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. Definitely worth highlighting. Yep. So that's that. But uh, other than that, yeah, that's that's pretty much season one. Then we lead into season two and it's time to audition some new kids. Audition, audition, audition. Uh, they need some new blood since Matt is gone. <laughs> uh, and that's pretty much the only person that's gone. <laughs> so, yeah, he decides to hold some auditions for the Glee Club, hoping that maybe, you know, now that they've had an entire year under the belt and they've had you know, a couple of like, well, at least one major victory. That maybe people will come and join, but it seems to be more of the same. Um, uh, Figgins is back with the usual story, like, look, hey, the budget, the budget, the budget. We also have Coach Beast to coach the football team, so 
look, the money's going to have to be split up a bunch of different ways. So Sue is going to convince Will to team up with her to get Coach Beast up out of here. So they spend the whole pilot, not pilot, but the whole premiere going after poor Coach Beast, uh, not letting him sit down in the in the lunchroom, making him order pieces that he didn't order, just being generally rude. Um, but Coach Beast is so kind and so nice. And yeah, he seems like he's going to be like a big, you know, scary person. He yells a lot. But he's actually, underneath all of that, he's really, really nice. And so eventually, Will comes back to his senses, decides to be a turncoat on Sue, which pisses Sue off because Sue was trying to have some goodwill. Will. Um, And, you know, she gave you your glee club back. And all she needed was some loyalty in getting Coach Beast up out of here. But you couldn't do it. And so now, (laughs) the war, World War Glee is back on. So Mm -hmm. he becomes friends with Coach Beast, but enemies again with Sue. Yep. Enemies with Sue, for sure, as always. Uh, The friendship between the two of them could not have lasted too long. Um, And as far as things go with Emma, yeah, she told us that she was dating her dentist, and we see that that is true. Uh, After Will stops being an asshole to Coach Beast and, you know, is able to uh, fix up that friendship enough, we're going to follow him along to see how things are going with Emma. And uh, we're having this whole drama going on in the Glee Club. Kurt wants to do Britney, uh, which... We'll get into let's save let's save any Britney discussion that we might have for the Britney Pierce Britney S. Pierce podcast. Um, but uh, Kurt wants to do Britney for the week. Will is refusing to do so because she's such a bad role model, which is making 2021 us uh, not happy to hear. I mean, I think we talked about this at the time that that was a stupid whatever. Um, Will discusses it with Emma and uh, he ends up meeting Dr. Carl, Emma's new boyfriend, the dental hygienist that uh, we have heard so much about. And he's going to come by the Glee Club. And we see that there's definitely some tension in the air between these two because Carl knows about Will. Will knows that Carl is now in the way of uh, getting his woman back if you can consider Emma his at this point, probably not. Uh, He is going to end up at the dental appointment with Dr. Carl and they discuss uh, Emma and how she did choose Dr. Carl. And Will's like, uh, uh, Carl's like, I'm hoping that you can back off a bit. Maybe, you know, like uh, she picked me and Will's like, yeah, I I don't think I can do that. And he's like, are you kidding me? Like, why would you not be willing to do that? Like, if this was the other way around, wouldn't you be super annoyed if some guy was trying to get get with your girl? He's like, yeah, but, you know, there's just no denying what what exists between me and Emma. It's just not going to be gone. He's like, all right, here, I'll make a deal with you. Uh, I'll leave her alone. But if she ever shows any signs of wanting to be back with me, then that's where the deal's off. That's where I'm going to be back, you know, trying to win her back over. So I don't know how Carl just doesn't, like, rip all of his teeth out right then and there, but he's a better man than, than most people are. Um, so that's all happening there. Terry's also back who is like annoyed with Will because the, this whole time Will is trying to like copy Dr. Carl and like become the hot shot that he is to win Emma back over himself. So he's like buying a new Corvette to try to, you know, impress Emma and Terry shows up and is annoyed. Get out of the car. He's spending all that money. Uh, that's their money still because they haven't. I don't know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, Will finds himself in quite a mess here, which, I mean, carry this all into the Rocky Horror of it all. That's going to come up in the next episode of Will just is, is making a whole ass out of himself, performing Toxic with the Glee Club, doing Rocky Horror just to get Emma back. And none of it is working. He's just being a idiot an idiot. Too high, can't come down. It's in the air and it's around Mr. Shaw, I want to have your baby. Yeah, she says, I want to have your baby, right? That's what she says. Yeah. <laughs> he starts a Britney Spears sex riot in the, uh, or in the uh, gymnasium. The alarm gets 
has to go off. I think Jacob Ben Israel has to wear a neck brace. So I guess him and neck brace Cheerio. Neck brace Cheerio was just, like, I guess, a little too late to the party. They could have had something going on. Yeah, this whole thing with him is just crazy. Trying to, you know, impress her. Making the kids do Rocky Horror. Trying to actually do one of the roles because Sam doesn't want to do it anymore. So he wants to be Rocky. Emma, you know, agrees to rehearse with him. They do Touch, Touch, Touch Me and... It gets really uncomfortable, so she runs away, and then he ends up apologizing to her at the end of it, saying, like, I'm sorry, like, I only did this because I was jealous, and I was trying to get close to you, but, like, if you're happy with Carl, then I need to let you go, and Emma isn't upset, and she you know, she, she kind of doesn't really say anything to him at this point. She kind of just lets him apologize for what she did, um, and then, of course, he has to apologize to Big Lee Club for putting them through all of this, like, because it really wasn't about them. It was never about them. It was never about Rocky Horror. I mean, I'm glad that we got it, because we got all these iconic performances out of it but this was all to impress emma and so he has to apologize to them for making them do this show that is wholly inappropriate but he does make them perform it for him for an audience of one in the auditorium alone <laughs> it's just like you know as as much as like the beginning of season one we were like what's happening here <laughs> bringing back april Rhodes, starting an acapella group and taking all your attention away from the glee club it's like now we're at the point where it's like this man is not qualified to run this club when he is putting all of this all of this energy into performing toxic with the kids and like it's going to get even worse when we get to the blurred lines of it all but like performing toxic with the kids uh like humping a hat on stage while they're all dancing around him and then you get to rocky horror and he's doing all of this he's got kids walking around the hallway in their underwear sam in a speedo on the stage or whatever that was like just you know Making all of them uncomfortable, showing off all their skin because he wants to do Rocky Horror just because Emma likes Rocky Horror. It's like, why is this man still in charge here? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, But yeah, so he makes a complete ass out of himself, uh, apologizes to everybody. And, you know, we move on and just pretend like none of it ever happened. Uh, Obviously, Dr. Carl, not too happy with him. And it's not like he ends up with Emma after all that. She just, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, that was embarrassing that you just did all that stuff. Like, I get that you like me, but like, I'm with Carl. So I'm sorry. um, that's what it is. So you know what? Will that's can go off is. and find himself somewhere, someone else to kiss, and that's exactly what he's going to do. Yeah. Uh, and he starts making out with Coach Beast. Yay! <laughs> Something like that. So um, the boys in the Glee Club are picturing Coach Beast in compromising positions in order to cool down so that they don't explode while hooking up with their girlfriends. The rumors, you know, circulate around the school. More and more of the Glee kids are, you know, trying it out. Even Tina gets in on the action, freaking out Mike, who literally just told her about doing it. So I don't know why he freaked out about it, but whatever, Mike. Um, and eventually they start uh, being mean to Coach Beast. Coach Beast wants to know what's going on. He's like, look, well, your Glee kids, they never usually give me a problem, and you're the only teacher at this school that i trust like can you just tell me what's going on please tell me what's going on and this is of course before uh coach beast transitions to being a uh man at this point so he is still female presenting and um so when will tells him what's going on and that you know they are picturing you in lingerie and all sorts of stuff they're just kids don't be offended but coach beast is really really offended because it's offensive it's horrible like it's really horrible um, especially when they start treating him like that in the middle of the hallway. It's like, what the hell? Like, you can't do your job when half the kids are giving you a hard time. Um, but they do end up having a heart-to-heart about everything. Um, and Coach Beast does say, like, you know, I am not gay, which turns out to be not true, but 
I don't think that could be quite understood that at that point. I do like guys, and I do like being treated like a woman. I, I do like feeling like a girl, um, and I've never been kissed. Um, and Will takes it upon himself to kiss him. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, this friendship has started only a couple episodes ago after he was being a complete dick to Coach Beast. And Will always, oh, you know, this is just, you know, this has nothing to, less to do with Coach Beast and Will have it, you know, always having that need to save the day, right? To always save the person that is in need of help, whether it's through, you know, helping them out with a simple something or planting a kiss on them to make themselves feel better about themselves. Um, it's like, did this do more harm than, uh, did this do more good than harm? I don't know. I mean, uh, this was like a very vulnerable moment for Coach Beast where he was explaining like I really just never feel good enough and Will like leans in for a kiss like if I'm Coach Beast in that moment I'm thinking wait does Will have feelings for me like is this something that like you know because otherwise it just feels like you're being thrown a pity party and like a kiss mm-hmm. out of pity is just like what's the point like where like I don't know I guess you could argue that there's a sentimental like like a, a bit attached to that where it's like you know, Will's making sure that your first kiss is with somebody who cares about you or whatever, if you can even say that uh, with uh, the length of time they've known each other. But still, it just feels like Will trying to be, you know, a hero here and be like, no, you're you're great. Like, I get that. I love I, I appreciate the fact that somebody is, you know, Will is telling Coach Beast that you are perfect, you know, there's, or that you are perfectly fine the way you are. There's nothing wrong with you. Anybody would be lucky to kiss you here. I am going to give you a kiss. But like, it still just overall feels like Will just being Will. Um you know, Coach Beast ends up coming back to the yeah, club later. Yeah, it's kind of unsolicited. Like, Coach yeah. Beast didn't tell you to kiss him. Like, maybe if you were like, said he'd uh, maybe kiss. if you like asked first or, or something like, and we're like, like, can I, do you want me to kiss? Not, do you want me to kiss you? That sounds so awkward. But like, 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 what if I kissed you? Like, what if I was your first kiss? And then Coach Beast was like, eh, I wouldn't mind that. Like, maybe, <laughs> maybe that or something like that. But just like going in for the kiss. It's mm-hmm. like, what are we doing here? Yeah, now, like, now forever, forevermore, he will be the first kiss that he's had. Like, no. And to just tie, we can tie this all together. Like, later on in the season, uh, cutting ahead a bit, uh, they're going to, you know, in the alcohol episode, they're going to go out to that hunky-tonk bar together, and they get back to uh, Will's house later. Uh, and uh, after Will is done drunk-dialing Sue, thinking he was talking to Emma, uh, Coach Beast is going to get another kiss uh, in on Will. So it's like, you know, we'll f- we talked about this more so in, in Coach Beast podcast, but like, you know, just following their friendship here, it does seem like there are times where throughout the time that they are friends together that there could be more feelings there than uh, the, uh, on Coach B's side because of the fact that Will was just like, yeah, I mean, I think you're great. I'm going to kiss you now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's quite the choice. It's quite the choice. I don't think I've ever been the victim of an unsolicited kiss before. I have to imagine that it's a little startling. Um, yeah. <laughs> he just cannot try keep shit, his guys. lips to himself. So that is that so after all that is said and done and uh, things are gonna get friskier when the substitute arrives yay <laughs> the man is already sick in the head and now he's about to be sick in the body as well as uh lauren's ices sneezes on him gets him all sick and now holly holiday steps in to take over his job just as she always planned mm-hmm Holly Holiday comes through, um, is the cool, she's, you know, not like a regular teacher, she's a cool teacher, right, Regina? Um, and, you know, shows them all the stuff they've been missing out on, actually cares about what they have to say, and really is just a breath of fresh air for both the school and the Glee kids. Even Sue is obsessed with her. Um, all the while, Sue is at home sick as a dog, or Will is at home sick as a dog. 
um, and Terry is going to make her grand reappearance and try to take care of him. It even goes so far as, you know, them having sex because she's, you know, the only person around taking care of him. Will is um, such a horn dog. Gonna... I mean, she is throwing himself herself at him. It's not exactly, you know, like he's and he does try to say stop, but okay, she won't fair. stop because he's, he's just out here kissing right everybody. <laughs> he's a slut. He's a slut. He's a slut. I mean, well, no, well your ex-wife is different. It, t- Terry is different. I won't blame him for this. I will blame him for Coach Beast. That's, <laughs> that was uncalled for. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. He kisses everybody. But yeah, so she gets her hands all over him, and uh, that happens there. And then when he gets back to school, you know, he's not sick anymore. He finds out that he's fired. Uh, Sue is the principal now, so she fires him, has Holly take over. And uh, Will comes to, to Holly and is like, what, what's the deal here? I, I didn't think that this was, you know, happening here. I thought, I don't know how well he knows her, but I think he didn't expect for her to agree to take his job. And she's like, well, how can I not if it's being offered to me? Like, this is a full-time position. You know how hard it is to get a full-time position? And Will does know how hard it is. He had to take a Spanish teacher job just to get a job at the school. Um, but later on, you know, things don't go super well for Holly. So, you know, luckily for Will, she's like got no control over the Glee kids or over anything really. So he ends up getting his job back after all that chaos. But, you know, uh, Holly is not gone for the season, so she will pop back in at a later date. Um, but yeah, pretty close to uh, losing his job because we're flipping the Sue switch back to uh, the not friends position as he tr- she tries to fire him there. She had the power. She finally got a chance to, to fire Will Schuster. Like that's all she ever wanted. But, you know, not she really because she's in love with him. Uh, I made it through this this far into the podcast without dropping my uh, Sue is in love with Will theory, but here it is. Sue is in love with him. She couldn't actually let him go. I don't agree with that, but that's fine. <laughs> Plenty more I, to get it, into. It is with pretty all like that. A, a big ass draw, uh, a big ass uh, bomb drop that she has for him. It's like you're fired. I was like, oh shit! Like what now? Mm-hmm. What's gonna happen? Yeah, but I mean, she's all, but uh, uh, her his replacement isn't that qualified for the job either. I mean. Holly Holiday is going to stop by his house later on and say, like, look, like, you need to come back and take your job again because, yeah, I love teaching the Glee, the Glee kids. It's been great, and I really thought that this might have been the permanent place for me. But I just don't handle commitment very well. I don't handle actually, you know, having to stick around and create relationships with people. I mean, Mercedes got in trouble for sticking tots up her uh, Sue's wind or tailpipe, and I just stood there like a deer, a deer in the headlights. I didn't know what to do. So it's just I got to go before things get a little too messy. And uh, he's going to, you know, take take the job back. Yep. So he gets his job back. It's time for sectionals. He's going to invite Emma to come to sectionals. And she does accept to come, even though she's, you know, not dating uh, or she's she's still dating Dr. Carl. She's not with Will. Like she, you know, came along for maybe previous times or did favors for him previous times because she liked him. Um, but she's actually going to be the one who gives him the advice here, Emma, that is to uh, highlight some other talent within the Glee Club. And Rachel throws a fit about that plan because she feels like she's being silenced. And then Will gets f- super pissed off at her. She's like putting tape all over her mouth to, you know, uh, to make her point. And he tells he tells her about how, you know, the club isn't about me. It's about all of us. And it's like, oh, really? Considering you just had them do Rocky Horror just because of you having uh, you dummy. So stupid. He's so annoying. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's just speaks to the Will and Rachel parallels uh, throughout the show. Uh, Emma ends up saying that she actually can't come because Carl finds out that she was going and he doesn't want her to go. So there's that. Um, and then sectionals comes. There's a ton of drama between all the kids and Will tries to calm them down, remind them what they're here to do. They end up tying for first place with the Warblers. So, you know, great. We all get to go on. We all get to sing some more the rest of the season. Um, but he finds out at the end of the episode that actually Emma 
uh, did not go to sectionals because she was off in Vegas eloping with Dr. Carl. So, you know, as much as he thought he didn't have a chance with her, or maybe he thought he did have a chance with her, even though she was with Carl, now she is married to Dr. Carl. The episode ends on her changing her nameplate to Emma Pillsbury Howell, and that sucks for Will. Yeah, I mean, he snatches her up quick. He's like, mm, we're not doing this shit with Will. Like, we need to stay away from him. And But to ensure that you stay away from him, we're getting married. <laughs> we are tying the knot. Yay! We're well, not yay for Will, but, you know, yay for, for Emma, I guess. I mean, she seems generally happy. I mean, she, she seems a little overwhelmed by it. Like, it, it seems like she just didn't know what the hell was going on She before she knew it, she was married. But she seems excited. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, um, in the next episode for Comeback... Uh, Will and Emma are going to find a note saying that she's going to commit Sue aside. Uh, this is after... That Sue is, not Emma. Will... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sue, not not Emma, no. <laughs> um, she gets married and then kills herself. <laughs> like, what the God, hell? God, no, please. Um, yeah, this is after Sue has a really crushing defeat because the Glee kids are able to convince the Unholy Trinity to not go along with Sue's plan and having... Um, Britney gets shot out of a cannon, so right. she loses her entire show, thereby losing nationals. Um, and so now she doesn't know what to do with the rest of her time with this uh, at the school for the year. Her Cheerios have, you know, never lost anything in seven years. This is the first time, and so she's really having a hard time figuring it out. They rush over to her house. She's not dead. She just took some vitamins, which and like did not work at all. And she's like, I have nothing to live for. Um, and they are reluctant to be supportive here they're like look sue you did this to yourself you were mean you were nasty you tried so many times to like ruin the club like it's just not like now that you the the tables have been turned on you you want us to feel sorry for you and we're not Mm going to do it so Mm -hmm. uh they leave her there but i mean will still has a soft spot right because will is will and he does want to help sue he doesn't want sue to feel so badly and he does take her to um a pediatric cancer ward to show her how lucky is she is to have her health and that she has a lot to live for. And, you know, just because you lost one damn competition doesn't mean that your life is freaking over. Yeah. Um, which Sue was very receptive to, reluctantly. Definitely more of like a Sue episode here, but just continuing to show the uh, relationship between these two that goes up and down and left and right. And we can't decide if they're friends or not. Um, and I don't think that that's a bad thing by any means, as much as I'm going to, you know, joke about it here and there and uh, in Sue's podcast and everything. It's like, you know, it, it's that's the dynamic between these two main characters, right? That they just go back and forth so much. But... Yeah, at the current moment, uh, he is, you know, trying to be there for her in a time where she's going to uh, need some help. And, you know, later in the season as well. But we'll get to that um, around the And then she tries to be for him, be there for him in the next episode when it comes um, to light that he has a drinking problem. Yeah, so we talked about we talked about the coach beast of it all here. But yeah, this is where he's going to, like I said, drunk dial Sue uh, and leave her a message. So this is just a very quick thing that happens here. But uh, she as much as she appreciated what he did for her in the last episode, sexy lady. Now she's going to take this message that will left her and play it all over the loudspeaker to help him out. Yeah, there's something I really, really want to say to you. I love how you eat your lunch with your little plastic gloves and they crinkle and make the cutest sound I've ever heard in my life. Why don't you pick up some wine coolers and come over here and it'll just be one night of us just look crazy. Let's just get crazy. We get really crazy rolling around in the hay. Hey, I was just in some hay earlier tonight and hey, I rode a bull. I was thinking of you. 
So, yeah, that happens there. Uh, He is uh, embarrassed sufficiently. And uh, he's going to end up uh, not with Emma, because that's so embarrassing. Uh, But over the next couple episodes, we're going to see Holly Holiday perform. Uh, Why did I say perform? I meant to say come back, but I read the word perform on my notes, and that's what I said. Holly... Holly comes back and uh, she's going to teach some sex ed because she very quickly learns that Brittany thinks she's pregnant because of the stork and the kids know nothing about sex. So uh, she goes with her current lesson plan while Emma goes with hers, you know, singing Afternoon Delight. Uh, Will and Holly do Kiss together and after the song. The episode with the iconic Rachel face when Brittany's talking about the stork is coming to give her her baby Mm -hmm. and Rachel is Mm -hmm. in the back of the choir room like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But Will and Holly, they perform Kiss together. Afterwards, they do share a kiss between the two of them and it seems like Will falls for her pretty quickly. Uh, He, I guess the sparks were there and Emma's not an option right now so he wants to see if this could be a match between the two of them. She thinks it's a bad idea. Holly, of course, that is because uh, she doesn't do very well with relationships. She's always up on the move or whatever it may be. She just has not had much luck with like a long-term relationship so she's like you probably don't want this uh also you know she's helping out with uh with britney and santana's issues here to help them through all that so after she's done performing landslide she's gonna talk to will and say you know i do think i kind of like you so maybe we should give this a shot so she's like i'm not too sure what i'm doing here but i'm willing to try it out will is as well uh obviously this isn't gonna last very long because holly holiday's only around for two episodes but while she's here she also you know is gonna talk to emma and carl emma and dr carl about their relationship it's like a last ditch effort between the two of them to save their relationship because there's been so many issues with you know emma's ocd is acting up again and they just you know they, they also don't have sex at all which holly is shocked about so she realizes that will still has feelings for emma Emma definitely still has feelings for Will. And, uh, you know, when all is said and done there, uh, we're going to see that Holly is going to head back out to a different teaching job, leaving Will behind. But she's like, I know you still like Emma. Like, this is probably where you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's very short lived. I mean, we I was I was so happy when it happened at the end of that episode where she's like, maybe I should, you know, stick around and see what's going on with you. And maybe we can actually make this work. I was like, oh, my God, we're going to get a bunch of. Holly Holiday episodes, but even throughout that time, she's like leaving Lima to go teach here and there and around the area, so we don't really get to see her. And then when she does come back, it's the breakup episode when she realizes that, yeah, well, it, it can't work out. Like you, you're, I mean, I just spent all this time counseling your kids, and it made me realize a few things. And then I had to counsel uh, Dr. Carl and Emma, and that made me realize more things. And I'm not, yeah. and one of the things that I realized is that I'm not qualified to be counseling people because I don't have a degree in that. But <laughs> <laughs> Another thing is that I should not be trying to come between you and Emma because clearly there is something going on there. So, deuces, you have my heart, and now we're gonna be worlds apart. <laughs> and speaking of guest stars, we also get you know Kristen Chenoweth back. April Rhodes swings back around because Sue organizes this whole Legion of Doom or whatever they're called in order to take down the New Directions, to take down Will because she has had enough. She needs to stop them. Uh, she organizes you know Terry as a part of that group. So Terry makes her final return back to the show for now, um, and uh, they work on getting April to take Will away to go to Broadway to be in a show so that he's no longer teaching the New Directions. Um, and uh, when this opportunity presents itself not knowing that this is all some like elaborate plan to get rid of him. I mean, it is a real opportunity. It's just, you know, Sue and Terry's plan here. Uh, Emma's pretty supportive of it. She knows how talented Will is and how he's always wanted to be a performer. So she's willing to, you know, 
tell him that this is probably a good idea if he wants to pursue it. And he does heavily consider it ultimately, you know, declining, though, because his true passion is teaching the kids. So uh, he decides not to go there. But we do get, you know, some extra time with both Kristen Chenoweth and Jessalyn Gilsig to get those characters back in the mix for a brief time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a the the honey badger thing doesn't really go to anywhere, right? Because I mean, no. uh, Sue recruits all these people. She gets, like you said, she gets um, April to join, get him to join the tour, which almost kind of works. Like kind of the most successful out of all the plans. And then she gets uh, Howard Bamboo. I'm not sure exactly what the fuck Howard is supposed to be doing there. I guess he oh he's he rerouted the New Direction shit. Okay, there was that. And then there is Terry once again trying to do something, but then she doesn't do anything because she ends up saving the day at the end of the episode and reroute, you know, rerouting them back to New York instead of Timbuktu or wherever the hell Howard had them going to. Um, so they do end up going to nationals in New York. He still is toying with the idea of joining April on Broadway in her Roads Not Taken musical. We do get to see him um, perform a little bit with her back in Ohio. She's like, please do this with me. Well, do it with me. Do it with me. She's like, he's like, I can't. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, leave the kids. But she's like, screw the kids. Like, I gave them an auditorium. What else do they need? Like, come with me. And so he does, um, while they're in New York, he does kind of venture off and go to the, um, the Broadway theater that her show is supposed to be debuting at and really, really contemplates doing it. But right before national starts he comes back to them and it's like i can't do it guys i can't leave you guys you're more important yeah i need to i need to be with you we've prepared we've done all this work we've we're gonna we're gonna smash this guy's right uh cue to or cut to 12th place finish for the new directions uh maybe you should have gone well <laughs> maybe you should have gone um but yeah he gets to perform a matthew morrison original song there still got tonight up on that stage so good moment for uh for the actor there to be able to perform his own song on glee um and yeah i mean heading to new york really gives him that opportunity to like look around and see like this is where i would be this is the stage that i would be on this is exactly what i would be doing and for a second it looks like he's like feeling himself the security guard is hyping him up telling him like i think you have what it takes i see a lot of people but you have the talent and you know it's like all the signs are there that he could make this happen but when he comes back around to the Glee kids, like you said, he's like, yeah, I can't do this. Like my heart is with the Glee kids. I need to be by their side as they, you know, fail miserably at yet another big performance for them. So they are not going to win at nationals, but he does seem to end end the season, you know, kind of happily by Emma's side. They're not any kind of confirmed together, but it's been a long season. And after the way that uh, things had been, been going, you know, to be content and just things are okay with, with Emma. That's all that he could really mm-hmm. ask for at this point. So That is where things end off with him there. But there's a couple of other things I want to hit on uh, from the season. Um, I added in last minute to my notes, but obviously you didn't have this copy of... uh, I forgot about how much of a role he kind of played in the funeral episode uh, when Sue's sister passes away. And, you know, Kurt and Finn kind of take the lead to help her out with all that there. But um, he does really help her out. Like, he's the one who reads her eulogy there uh, for her sister. And uh, after all is said and done there, Sue, like, thanks him a lot, saying that, like, Gene always stood up for Will, even though she did not know him from a hole in the wall because I guess Sue would always go back to Gene complaining about Will and Gene must have always been like give him a chance I'm sure he's a nice guy and Sue's like she didn't even know you but you know I I think she would have wanted me to move past my petty vendetta towards you so uh, is that going to actually happen maybe not or or maybe for like a little bit definitely not for long but uh, there is a nice moment between the two of them in that episode it is nice Um, him reading her 
her words about her sister and everything. I mean, it just goes to show that, like, deep down, it was, we, we see it from time to time throughout the series that Yellow they'll go, like, five or six episodes screaming at each other, being horrible to each other. Well, more so Sue than Will. Um, and then Will will always turn the other cheek and, you know, help her out, help her, help her out with whatever she's going through. So it's always nice to see because you know that they do care for each other on some level deep down. Um, yes. But, yeah. Yeah, and then a couple other a couple other quick hits here of things that I pulled that weren't the most important to his actual storyline, but things worth maybe talking about. Uh, in the wedding episode where uh, uh, Barrel becomes Barrel and gets married and Furt becomes Furt, uh, uh, Will is going to be the one who ends up bringing Karofsky, uh, bringing all of this to Sue about, you know, Karofsky and Kurt with all the bullying that happens there. Um, it's like the first time that he actually does something about bullying uh, in the school, which is like, I'm not giving him a, any kind of a round of applause here because how many times has he seen the new directions get slushied so far and not done anything about it? So he finally does something after Kurt's being like threatened with his life at this point. Uh, but he finally does something there. So at least there's that. I don't know if that counts, you know, anywhere near like his good column, but worth noting. We also have in the Blame It episode where uh, all of the kids are learning the dangers of alcohol for the first time. There's a nice moment at the end of the episode where he gives them all his number. Uh, he gives them all, yeah, his number uh, so that he's like, call me anytime. If you're ever in any kind of bad situation, I want you to call me. I will pick you up no matter what it is, where it is. So nice moment there. And then in the Born This Way episode where Emma is really struggling with her OCD and, uh, you know, not really wanting to acknowledge or accept it about herself. And, you know, he... Uh, she, she ends up wearing the shirt that says what uh, ginger or something like that, like not acknowledge, not acknowledging the true her issue OCD, yeah. O- yeah, uh, of the OCD here. So he works on her a little bit in that episode to try to get her to come around to, you know, accepting it so that they can work on it so that he, she can work on it specifically for herself. He wears his butt chin shirt to be like, look, see, I can do it. It's like, yeah, a little bit different here, but get the, gets the message across. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a lot of uh, good moments here where he is helping others um, in, you know, more some better ways than others. I mean, kissing is one method and inspiring (laughs) uh, someone to seek help for their mental disorder is another. (laughs) Yep. So uh, that's through two seasons. Definitely like a lot more of like the closure that we're going to get on some of these friendships and how it all starts to pay out the friendships and relationships. You know, we're going to get in later seasons of how things all play out between these pairs, Will and Blank uh, of any of these groupings here. So that's really the, uh, all that I think I have for seasons one and two. Anything else for you for these early days of Will Schuster? No, that's uh, that's it for me. All right, plenty more to come. Still two more parts to get into with all things Will. So if we do uh, have anything we passed over or forgot about today, we will get to it next time. But of course, we're going to start with some of the Will Schuster countdown, playing some of his songs. And uh, since we spent so much time with the setup today, out of his 40 songs, I think we'll just do the first or the bottom 10 today, and then we'll do 15 and 15 for the next two podcasts. So we're going to get into the worst Will Schuster songs. Uh, Some might say they're all bad. Some might say none of them are good. Some of them might say they're all terrible, even though those were all the same thing um but let's listen to them and decide for ourselves as we go through so starting from the bottom will schuster has 40 songs duets solos group number features and uh here we go with song number 40 Can't hear what I'm trying 
We will not have to ever revisit this song ever again if, uh, actually, that might not be true. Ugh. Well, here it is. The number one, or I should say the number, f- okay, so it's the worst Will Schuster song. I, it's so horrible, I can't even speak. Um, it falls, I'm telling you right now, to the bottom of the overall countdown. We can all be thankful that we all did our work here to ensure that at the moment, Blurred Lines is the worst song on the Glee countdown of all songs we've talked about before. I can absolutely anticipate it staying here. I don't know that I see any other song overtaking it, so I'm going to hope for that. Uh, Blurred Lines now at the number 407 spot right below I Want to Sex You Up. So we got all the Will songs down here at the bottom. Uh, It got out of a possible 10 points that you can get from all of these rankings put together, ratings put together. It got 2.42 out of 10 is the numbers of it all. Blurred Lines comes in at number 40, Iman. Ugh. Yeah, it's just bad. We've talked about it at length. It's just bad 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 optically musically it's just crappy i didn't realize that brie actually has solos in this song i didn't realize that that was her voice until now i don't know what it was about this particular video that made it so pronounced but i was like is that brie singing and i went and checked the lyrics and yep that's brie it is it's fitting that such you know a shitty character would have a part in this song as well so there's that i guess well this song this performance It happened. It really, really did. It really, really did. They had Will Schuster sing Blurred Lines with the rest of the school, the Glee kids, everybody in the hallway, dancing all around on the stage, singing Blurred Lines. And we had to watch it. We just had to listen to it again. And there it is at number 40. Um, I don't have anything else. Anything else from you? Blurred Lines? Nope. Why? 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 Why would they do this to us? They did. All right. So that was Will Schuster, number 40. We're playing uh, bottom 10 songs today. Here's number 39. A little less conversation, a little more action, please. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more bite, a little less buck. A little less fight, a little more spark. Close your mouth and open up your heart and baby, satisfy me. Satisfy me, baby. Vamos a ir a los ojos, escúchate la música que viaja por la prisa de verano. Que padrísima la noche, ya te enseño cómo asarla. Ándale, muchacha, ven, relájate. Menos conversación y más acción, por favor. Este agravamiento no me satisface a mí. A little more bite, a little less bark. A little less bite, a little more spark. No abres más y abre tu corazón y satisfáceme. All right, a little less conversation. Uh, This is going to be a lot of fun as we go through all these Will songs, because I think all of them, okay, not all of them, but a lot of them are just so tragic that I don't even know what to say about them. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so this is bad for many reasons as well. I mean, Santana pretty much lays them all out on the floor for him as well. 
Um, this is the moment where he has that uh, that lucidity where he's like, yeah, you know what? I only grabbed this teaching job because it was the only one that was available. It's not something that I'm passionate about. And it shows. And like how you did such little surface level research and in putting into this performance is just like, like, what are you like an Elvis song that you're sing- singing in Spanish, but you're wearing a mariachi costume, which is Mexican, but you're doing s- bullfighting, which is Spanish. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, um, can't wait to talk about this in part two of uh, the Spanish teacher episode where Santana calls his ass out and, uh, you know, make sure that we won't have this kind of thing happen again. But. There it is, landing at number 39 on the Will Schuster Countdown, a little less conversation, season three, and uh, let's keep on moving. Let's find something. I mean, he's done a lot of white things in this show, but this is definitely a really bad one. Number 38. When I was in the third grade, I thought that I was gay, because I could draw, my uncle was, and I kept my room straight. I told my ma, tears rushing down my face. She's like, will you love girls since before pre-K? Trippin'. Yeah, I guess she had a point, didn't she? Bunch of stereotypes all in my head. I remember doing the math like, yeah, I'm good at Little League. A preconceived idea of what it all meant for those that like the same sex, had the characteristics. The right-wing conservatives think it's a decision and you can be cured with some treatment and religion. Man-made rewiring of a predisposition playing God. Yeah. Ah, uh, nah, here we go. America the brave still fears what we don't know and God loves all his children is somehow forgotten but we paraphrase a book written 3,500 years ago. I don't know. And I can't change, even if I tried, even if I wanted to. Hey, my love, my love, my love, she keeps me warm. She keeps me warm. She keeps me warm. All right, so we've got Same Love there at number 38. Luckily, uh, Unique comes in to probably keep this song from going towards the bottom. But, you know, Will Schuster, this, uh, I mean, this goes down to like Matthew Morrison of it all. Like we haven't even really, you know, in the first part of what we did today, gotten into the rapping of it all. I think probably that conversation does work better for this part of the podcast anyway. But the fact that, I mean, look, they called him Maddie Fresh 24. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Maddie Fresh. Uh, they called him, you know, Matty Fresh is his nickname uh, around set and he gets all these raps and it's like, maybe this is some good inside joke between all you guys, but like, I'm not laughing as much. I'm not. Wait, Matty Fresh is actually his nickname on set? That's his nickname to like everybody. Like his nickname in general, like people call him Matty Fresh. Like when he logged on to the Zoom call at the beginning of quarantine, uh, whoever was like on there with Matty Fresh, hey, like that was his name on the call. So Matt Gagan is making fun of that with his Twitter name? That is not what he is doing, but (laughs) he's he's been Matty Fresh 24 long before uh, he even knew what Glee was. Wow. What a world colliding moment that was. I was like, wait a second. Are you talking about... When when did Matt Gagan become a part of this conversation? I was so confused. That is Matt Morrison's nickname, Matty Fresh. I never knew that. I did not know that tidbit. Um, yeah, fuck this song. Like, I mean, the message is beautiful and everything, but no. No, 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 no. Mamma mia, mamma mia. Mamma mia. Mamma mia, let me go. Yeah, that's how I feel. That was number 38, Same Love from season six from the transitioning episode. So let's leave that behind and, you know, 
not listen to that. Uh, listen to the Macklemore version if you want that song. I, I like the Macklemore song. I just don't need the song version of that. So, number 37. My bags are packed. I'm ready to go. I'm standing here outside your door. I hate to wake you up to say goodbye. But the dawn is breaking. It's early morn. The taxi's waiting. He's blowing his horn. Already I'm so lonesome I could die. So kiss me and smile for me. Tell me that you'll wait for me. Hold me like you'll never let me go. All right, so does it surprise you, let me ask, uh, that Leaving on a Jet Plane, like the first ever Will Schuster song, season one, episode one is the pilot. He's obviously all emotional here about leaving the Glee Club or whatever it is, but this is his, like, first ever song and i guess nobody gives a shit about it i mean i don't so i guess i could uh i'm not too surprised about it myself but uh are you yeah this was um the beginning of the end for him in terms of like any kind of songs that i'm gonna like by this man on this show uh it's boring i mean i get it i mean it it fits the mood but like it's it's so not memorable no for such a big part it's it, it, I guess maybe oh, like, like you can tell you could say that like it sets the tone like it sets the emotion for this episode for this character that like you know it's like if you're if we're watching like the Glee movie and the Glee movie is all about the pilot episode it's like okay sure this is where like the main character gets sad and sings leaving on a jet plane but like I don't know whatever it's just in the in the bigger Will Schuster Matthew Morrison catalog of which there are not many like, okay, iconic Lee, performances get anyway. On the- this is just not Get one. on the jet plane already, damn. This is just, yeah, this isn't anything worth, you know, playing back again anytime other than when you're watching the Glee pilot. So, leaving on a jet plane comes in at number 37. So, we move on to number 36. We actually have a handful of songs in uh, what we're talking about today and, you know, into tomorrow from season one. So, that uh, works out pretty well since we talked about season one today. So, here's another season one song. Tell me, tell me, tell me that you like it. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, you're totally right. Sue definitely does not have any kind of crush on him. She is not feeling anything right now as he is all up and down, just moving his ass all well, in front of her. now she is. <laughs> if she was genuinely repulsed by this man, she would have made this stop the second it started. I don't think that she's genuinely repulsed. I think that there are a lot of things about Will that sh- that annoy the hell out of her that she does not like. I think that that's true. But I also don't think, I don't think that she ever really hated him for real, for real. There are moments where they would be warring and they would do things to each other where, you know, yeah, you would legitimately piss each other off. But like underneath all of that, there was never really any real, real malice there. It was just. Sue being Sue. I think that, of course, it's hard to deny that Will is an attractive person. And when he's like gyrating in your face and breathing down your neck, I mean, I feel like I'd be hard pressed to not get aroused by that. But that also doesn't mean that you are trying to, you know, that doesn't mean that you like him, that you have like, that you have like love for him. I never said him. she's in love with the man as if like she wants to like, you know, marry you him. Did. You just said that. Okay. That's literally okay. what you just okay. said, okay. Matt. Okay. 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 <laughs> My whole point is that there's always been an attraction there, that she wants him from that perspective, that she's always been sexually attracted, frustrated, whatever, when it, when it comes to him. So when I say, like, in love with him, I mean from, like, that kind of sense. I don't think that she, like, feels their souls connected in the way that Will does with Emma the second they meet. <sighs> so anyway. Sure, I, I guess. I guess. So Tell Me Something Good ends up here at uh, number 36. So... There in season one as Will is working to seduce Sue and eventually ask her out on a date and put her into a big old funk there in episode 20. Yeah, I don't hate this song, actually. Yeah, he sounds okay I in it. I don't, I don't, yeah. I like Wait, his voice. this is 21? 21. <laughs> what did you say? I thought I heard you say, oh, I thought I heard you say 21 for some second. I was like, wait, what? Thir- uh, 36. Uh, we are still in the bottom of the top 40 countdown here. Uh, 36, it was the audience's 37, so, you know, overall, not tons of love, but yeah, he did sound pretty good in it, so there's that. 35. this before because he's always trying to destroy my career but mr shu has really pretty eyes and really nice teeth he's obviously invested in good oral hygiene and that's important to me it shows wonderful self-esteem i don't like the way she's looking at me All right, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Endless love from season one as Amon really just needed to make sure that we talked about Leah Michelle dating Matthew Morrison because uh, that's something that I wanted in my life. No, I probably, we just, that's something that literally never gets talked about. So I genuinely forget that it did happen if it did happen. Um, but there they are singing endless love together in uh, season one as Rachel's just fallen in love with the man. Oh, it happened, baby. It happened, and it's happening right now on the screen. It's unfolding oh, in front of our very eyes. And I yeah, two very nice voices coming together. Like, if only it wasn't this. 
I know, I know. It's very uncomfortable. Um, and the fact that this has happened to Will before, it's like, well, damn, like, you knew that this would probably be a bad idea, and you did it anyway. Bad, bad, bad. I, I, feel, I feel like it's a good cover for him. Um, it just, you know, the fact that it's wrapped up in this, that it's, you know, performed this way just makes people subtract points from it. So yes. I get it. Fair enough. So there's Endless Love at number 35. Let's move on to some more Endless Love at number 34. I'm in heaven And my heart beats so that I can hardly speak And I seem to find the happiness I seek When we're out together dancing cheek to cheek Heaven, I'm in heaven, and the cares that hung around me through the week seem to vanish like a gambler's lucky streak when we're out together dancing cheek to cheek. Oh, I love to climb a mountain and to reach the highest peak. But it doesn't thrill me half as much as dancing cheek to cheek. Oh, I love to go out fishing fishing. in a river or a creek. creek, Season five, episode seven, Puppet Master. You got Sue in the back of the choir room. All the gas gets uh, gets to her, and she starts envisioning herself and Will in this romantic little performance of Cheek to Cheek. So this song to me, I've heard this song a bunch growing up before Glee. Uh, it's on this Louis Armstrong album that my mom used to have a lot of the time and played in the car. Um, and this, I think this was the first song on the album. It was a duet between her, between him and um, um, Ella Fitzgerald. And so I've always only really been accustomed to that one. So this one kind of feels so foreign to me. I appreciate it as, as a good cover. Um, but it's, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The placement is fine. The placement is fine. We get a lot of black okay. and white numbers with Will, don't we? Like yeah, I mean, I like I like when they sing together, these two. There are obviously a lot better songs for them to come uh, that we'll get to probably not today, uh, for sure. Yeah, they give him so many old-timey songs, don't they? They just... They have a good dynamic between the two of them when they get to perform together, so it ends up usually being good, but this is just boring, so there's that. Yeah. But uh, we move up the list to another boring duet with Will and uh, somebody else this time, number 33. Everywhere that beauty glows, you are. Everywhere an orchid grows, you are. Everything that's young and gay, brighter than a holiday. Everywhere the angels play, you are. You're like Paris in April and May. You're New York on a silvery day. A Swiss Alp as the sun grows fainter. You're like Loman when autumn is the painter. Leave me breathless And no wonder you're all the world to me 
There was a time after we did this one on Emma's podcast that I was like, I think this is going to be the worst ranked Glee song. I don't know. It was just like so low compared to everything else. I was like, maybe nothing is going to beat this. But no, many songs have since uh, made their way underneath this song. So it lands here on uh, Will's Countdown at number 33 as uh, he's picturing himself and Emma in a random ass movie singing a song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is sort of like a... Uh... Uh, a weird number because this is this is right after they like he leaves her at the or she leaves him at the altar and then the next episode opens up with this and I know that it's well girls and boys on so obviously you know they're going for famous movie numbers but then Emma's like absent for like half the episode and we don't get to see her until like maybe like three or four scenes later and it seems like really really weird so it just seems like out of place in terms of you know it's definitely one of those numbers like let's just do it for the visual aesthetic of it all which is fine but this one isn't very memorable to me, which sucks because, you know, they're doing all this cool stuff. They're, like, dancing on the ceiling and the walls and, eh, uh, uh. <laughs> Same here. Uh, that was at number 33. Here's number 32. Mr. Grinch, your heart's an empty hole. Your brain is full of spiders. You've got garlic in your soul, Mr. Grinch. I wouldn't touch you. With a 39 and a half foot pole. All I need is a reindeer. So he took his dog Max, and he took some black thread, and he tied a big horn on the top of his head. Then the Grinch said, Giddy up! And the sleigh started down to the homes where the Who's lay a snooze in their towns. This is stop number one, the old Grinchy Claws hissed as she climbed to the roof, empty bags in her fist. Then he slid down the chimney, a rather tight pitch. All right, well, maybe this one shouldn't have even been on the countdown anyway, but, uh, you know, your mean one, Mr. Grinch, is uh, from the Christmas episode in season two. Uh, Katie Lang is the one who performs the song in general, but, like, in every, like, spot where you, like, see information about the song, it listed as a duet because on that studio version of the album, Will, or Matthew Morrison is there as well. Uh, so we're just going to, you know, count that all there, move on past it, unless you have any thoughts. I don't have anything to say. Okay. Number 31 on the Will Schuster <laughs> countdown. Just letting all the ladies know what guys talk about. You know, the finer things in life. <laughs> Check it out. Ooh, that dress so scandalous. And you know another guy couldn't handle it. She's shaking that thing like who's the ish with the look in your eyes so devilish. Uh, she likes to dance at the hip hop spots. And she cruises with the cruise like an the dots. Not just urban, she likes to pop. Cause she was living la vida loca. She had dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Thighs like what, what, what? Baby, move your butt, butt, butt. Uh, I think I'm singing again. She had dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Thighs like what, what, what? All night long. Let me see that song. So happy we could end here on the thong song for Will Schuster in season one. What, like I said, a lot of season one here, uh, and there's still some more to come uh, in the upcoming songs, but we're only doing the bottom 10 here today. And uh, aren't we so glad that we did? Baby! 
Oh, uh, yeah, this is a cringe-worthy cringe master, cringe masterclass here, which is even worse within my experiences of this song in real life. Like, this is a fun song, but it's tainted for me because uh, back in high school, after every um, show during musical, I guess the guys had, like, this tradition of listening to the thong song whenever they went and got changed um, back into regular clothes after the show. Um that was, like, before my time, though. So, like, that was, like, a really, really popular thing that they would do before I got there. And then it was, like, a thing during my freshman year when I was, like, a little lowly freshman. I was, like, all of you guys are, like, I'm pretty sure that 75% of you guys are gay. And you guys are in here talking about thongs. Like, get out of here. Uh-oh. <laughs> Thankfully, as I got a little older, we phased that tradition out. So I always associate that song with that very uncomfortable memory. Um, and then Will Schuster is not doing himself any favors here either, so... Yes. And then trying to mash this up with something else. Like, what the hell? I don't have uh, a whole lot of commentary on this one either, uh, which, it, again, has been the same for many of these songs. It's like, yep, that's the thong song. Yep, there's Blurred Lines. Yep, there's Same Love. There's all these different songs that, uh, you know, yep, for, for putting... For putting a star on their show here, Matthew Morrison, that they were, you know, were leading the show with, they really did give him nothing that is, is sticking out in the glee pantheon of, you know, like, oh, yeah, like there's there's all those great Will Schuster songs. Like, you don't remember the character fondly. You don't remember his performances fondly. It's like, what do we have? What do we have here to uh, to, to really get into? But, you know, it's fine. Uh, so there's the bottom 10 songs for Mr. Shoe. We still have 30 songs to go. So for part two and part three, we'll knock out the next 15, followed by the top 15, if you can even call it that. But that's, I think, all that we have for today. Unless you have anything else. No, I think that's it for me, too. Okay. Uh, Let's get out of here. I just hope it gets better within the next <laughs> couple of podcasts in terms of the songs. There's There's some better stuff coming up once we get out of this mess. Yeah. There should be. There should be. Well, thank you guys for listening to this uh, episode of The Choir Room where we go through Will Schuster and his life story. We're going to be continuing on with the rest of his time on Glee in the next one. You can follow us on TikTok and Twitter at Glee. Or, <laughs> Glee. At Choir Room at Glee. You can follow us. <laughs> follow us individually. I'm Adam on Adwin. Matt's at Matt Ligori. Make sure that you are leaving us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcasts. We'll read them a lot on the show. That's it. Yep, that's all we have for today. Thank you guys for checking this out. We will catch you with part two and then part three, talking all things Will Schuster. Aren't we all so happy to be here? So, so, so happy, happy, happy. All right, guys. Until next time, we will see you later.